<laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is for Better Call Saul, Season 5, Episode 1, The Magic Man, the Season 5 premiere. I am back, and Better Call Saul is back. It's great to have this show back right from the beginning of this episode. I Just zip your lip, push your button, push your number one. Oh, we got our dial your number one, and we got our good friend Saul Goodman back. More than ever, right from the beginning of this episode, we have Saul Goodman back. And we get an extended Gene scene right here at the beginning, which really gives us more of that time period than ever and really feels the the tension on. We we get a little cameo from El Camino, from the El Camino set with uh, with Max Cherry there, uh, Robert Forrester, and also gets the uh, rest in peace at the end of the episode. It's great to see him again, great to see that moment, and makes you wonder what else they could have shot during in that El Camino time. It's really good to be back here and talk about this episode. I'll get into this. Tonight's going to be a little shorter. I'm also going to be on live tomorrow evening. Initially, I didn't know this was a two-night amazing premiere where we get two episodes back-to-back tonight and tomorrow tomorrow night. So I did want to take the day after off of work. So instead of taking tomorrow off, I took Tuesday off. And I'm going to basically be taking Tuesdays off for this whole season of Better Call Saul as long as I'm in town. I think I'll be traveling a little bit. But for the most part, I will be on every night after the episode of Better Call Saul, or I'm going to try to make that happen. Joe Dirty Locks will be joining us when he can, but he's not available this evening. He's unfortunately working, but he hopefully will leave us a voicemail that we can play on tomorrow evening's show to hear about what he thought about the episode. But of course, you can get your voice in the show. Call on in at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. This is a two-night premiere podcast silly episode. Then I'm back. Oh, no, you fucking rock. Oh, and I'm not alone. I'm also with me tonight as always. I might be alone in in the singular sense, not with the sense that my mind isn't multiple personality right now, but in the sense of being right here, I am alone. But I'm never alone when I have with me the live, the mother, the fucking, the chat, the live motherfucking chat. Oh my goodness, I'm back. Here I am. Oh no, and there is the live motherfucking chat. Let's get this shit down. Turn off that fucking... Turn off the echo, Phil. What the hell are you doing? Okay. Here we go. Holy shit. We've got the live motherfucking chat. We've got all of our good friends in here. Killmonger, Melly, Skyrim is for Nords. I love that. Uh, I love the ending. Great episode. Could have been a better ending. Could have, but it's all good, man. John Doe, even better. How? By not ending with a couple no one cares about. It ended with Kim bending her principles just like Saul having a panic attack. Damn, how much better does it get, says Melly. Oh, my goodness. But that's the thing. You rock. Why? I, I turned it on, man. You can see me now. And I have a feeling I know who that John Doe is there in the live motherfucking chat. Big John Doe. Big J. We got Christian. We got another J in the live motherfucking chat. J, SM Down. Great to see you, buddy. Thank you so much. You are fucking awesome. Great to have you in the live motherfucking chat. And all of you people, Joe will be on as soon as he possibly can. Uh, It's been difficult for Joe. He's been working a lot more lately. And my schedule's been off. So if I can get in a regular schedule, which I will be after these episodes air, then Joe will be able to join us as well. And yes, getting this show back on the air, and I like how it's getting a little bit more fanfare in this offseason leading into this, which is now going to be the second to last season. If anyone doesn't know, they announced that next season is already 
There, there will be a next season, and that is going to be the last season. So going into this season, I, I see it getting a lot of attention. A lot of Johnny-come-latelys jumping on the train for Better Call Saul. And you know what I got to say about that? Chew, motherfucking chew. Jump on the train. Anyone that's been coming here talking about this show for the last what is it five fucking years now talking about this show because we've talked about this since the very beginning here it's great to have it get some more attention in some sense and i'm okay jump on board chug a fucking choo-choo on the better call Saul train great episode great beginning of the season better call Saul is not when the show's like oh bam bam what happened tonight on better call Saul? what amazing bam bams happened did bam bam happen and i like bam bam too i like pebbles too pebbles and bam bam both feel good inside that sounded gross that sounded grosser than i wanted to sound i mean meant the cereals yes that's what i meant uh phil i don't know what you're talking about i'm just really excited i haven't been this excited for a show in a long time to have this show back it is late in a sense of the sense of I've been I've been up a while today. It's been a long day. But watching this show and getting right back into the texture. I, I talk about this pretty much, I think, if you watch all these recaps. The first episode of each of these seasons. The I'm dumbfounded when we get back into it. Just how they visualize storytelling. Beyond the the narrative of what's going on on screen. Which, which again, that's where you get into what's your favorite show, what you think the greatest shows of all time are. But when it comes to just how the show sounds, how the show looks, nothing quite captures what this creative team is able to do. A lot of times I just throw that praise onto Vince Gilligan because he's the he's the person that put together this group. But really it's Peter Gould, it's, it's Kelly Dixon, it's all the other editors as well that work on this show. All of the group of all of the entire staff, all the writers that work, all the directors, which Vince Gilligan is one of them, Peter Gould as well. But but I may at times throughout this season say, oh, Vince is amazing. Look what Vince is doing here. Really, I should say Vince, Peter, and everybody. But but I but I don't think they'd mind, okay? So I'm going to sometimes refer to Vince throughout this season as being amazing incredible what you're doing on this show it's it's incredible it's you know ball licking you know i'm gonna i'm gonna bend him over in front of me and have him put his balls into my mouth as television balls figuratively speaking in the sense and i'm going to take it all you know what what, what's the what do they call it i don't know uh, teabagging, yes, I'm going to have Vince Gilligan teabag me, but what I mean to say is when I'm wanting the teabagging of Vince Gilligan, I don't just, it's not just him I want, it's the whole creative team, everyone that works on this show, from from the top to the bottom, from the costume design to, to the director of photography, everyone that works on this show from just a structural standpoint. I'm not talking about the writer's room and the right and when they work out the plots and all of that sort of stuff. I'm specifically just talking about the way the show looks and feels and is brought to you in your nice little television package. It delivers. It fucking delivers. And I overhype it. And very few things in life except for really good pizza, really really good pasta like like Rayo's Italian restaurant like you know it's hyped but you eat the sauce and you're like this shit's good okay I can't deny it this shit is good and that's the thing I've waited this long 
you know, we, we had we had El Camino pop in there, which which caused us to have a little bit of a delay for this season, and and they're really taking their time. But I don't know the the proof is the proof fucking positive, motherfucker. Hey, hey, great to see you, you rock. What did Joe? Will Joe be on? Joe will not be on tonight. Three surprises for me. The cab driver actually did recognize Gene. Mike walking out on Gus. Kim looks like she'll continue to roll in the mud with Saul. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was really interesting, too, that that you wonder so much in the seasons leading up to this point how much of Gene's paranoia is real, and especially leading into last season in that big apex with the cab driver. It's good to see that have some sort of conclusion in the sense that we know now that he's not crazy. He is following this. He is feeling that. he People do recognize him. I saw someone in the chat earlier say he thinks those guys are cops. I wouldn't be surprised, and I can't wait. Is it bad that some part of me wants a whole episode at least of next season to be set in that time frame? I, I, just, I feel like I want to know more of that conclusion, and I like how we've seen that in bits and pieces. But I think, I've, again, I've said this a lot every year, too. They keep me hungry with those gene scenes, and I like it. Rom, where is Badger? And Skinny Pete. I I bet we... I've said it before that I think when we do get our Jesse cameo, which we will get it... Excuse me. It will be his band. And we'll see Jesse playing the drums. And I think that we might see Badger and Skinny Pete in the same room. Like shouting, going, yeah, motherfucker, yeah, bitch. Your band rocks. I do. I kind of want a whole season of Gene too. I halfway through the Gene section tonight, I was having fantasies about it being a whole Gene episode. That the reason why they were doing a two-part uh, or a two-night premiere situation like this, that this episode would have been ninety percent Gene stuff, and then leading into the Saul stuff. The next episode would have been an all all Jimmy and Mike and and uh, the Salamanca Gus. Thing. I, I like the way it was done, but I could deal with more, more, uh, more, he more uh, gene stuff. What? What's that? I'm sorry. I'm getting a report from my Borg friend over here. What are you gonna say, Borg? Resistance is futile, Phil. What? What, what, are you, what are you trying to tell me? Um, do you realize that The Walking Dead premiered tonight too? Oh, it did, did it? Oh, yes. Did you watch The Walking Dead tonight? I did not watch The Walking Dead. I will be watching it at some point, Borg friend. Oh, uh, why, why haven't you watched The Walking Dead yet, Phil? Are you wondering why? Yeah, that's why. That's why. Because Joe's not here. That's right. Okay, uh, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here. I see you, Joe. I see, I see you right over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, it's happening. So, yes, I am aware. A couple people sent me some emails about this. Yes, I am aware that The Walking Dead premiered tonight. But to be honest with you, and I'm not fucking around. I'm not playing a joke. I'm not doing merry hijinks. I was so hyper-focused on the fact that Better Call Saul was pre pre premiering tonight that I totally did not realize it until I was setting my DVR to to tape record with my Fisher Price tape recorder to tape record the <laughs> the Better Call Saul tonight, uh, and I noticed oh The Walking Dead is on pr uh, prior to it, and I real and then I looked into it a little bit further and realized it was a new episode. So so yeah, no, I didn't watch it yet, but Joe and I will will try to talk about the season at some point. So. Oh, thank you. I see. I I, I now don't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it sucked.
But yes, I love Gene this episode. Me too. Gene, the Gene stuff is because okay, a lot of people now and then the way a lot of articles you're reading and writing about maybe Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad. To me, it is one gigantic universe. Yes, they are two different shows, but not even in the same way that Frasier and Cheers are two two of the same shows. I think the universes are more intertwined, much more intertwined in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. It feels to me like it's one extension of the Gilligan universe or whatever you want to call it. Uh <laughs> When I when you say the Gilligan universe, when I when you say when when you say Phil, when I say the Gilligan universe, it elicits images of Gilligan in the Skipper too, and the millionaire and his wife. Okay, so so yes, The Walking Dead was on tonight. So Breaking Bad to me, again, I it's. To me, it's not really a discussion because they're both ama- they're both amazing and they're both equal. But I I think the greatness of this show in in Better Call Saul is reaching the point where a lot of people catching up on it through being able to binge it on Netflix and stuff, and the fact that it's even being a discussion that's being brought up, considering the acclaim and the love that people have for for Breaking Bad, it's an argument that we can have when it's all said and done but i think we've just lucked out now and gotten five more seasons of this universe of a universe i didn't think we needed or wanted more of and it's completely a different kind of show i've i've said it before it's a great cook cooking the same cooking different meals but it's all in the same restaurant it's all in the same motherfucking restaurant yeah, he had the fucking diamonds. Gene's paranoia is such a beautiful thing to mess with. And it's so and it's been such an incredible thing to watch throughout all of the seasons. It's probably the mo- the strongest through line through all of the seasons of Better Call Saul. As I feel like the show didn't reach its full potential till till towards the end of season one into season two, three is really when it like really took off and and kind of knew what kind of show it was but the gene thing has been a steady through line through it all breaking bad was a more suspenseful suspenseful show absolutely i this is what i would say i would say breaking bad has a more interesting narrative and a tighter narrative from beginning to end better call saul is a little bit more of a character study and I think both shows have elements of both. But I think the thing about Better Call Saul, which is interesting, is this creative team that I've been, you know, labia licking and ball sucking for the last, for the last uh, however long I've been on so far. This creative team keeps getting better and better. And that is one of those X factor things. And I think the Breaking Bad narrative will, for me, always be tighter just because it was a tighter ship and it had such high highs and incredible incredible excitement about it that that it had to a certain extent but it but better call Saul it just goes so deep into characters that are very in some ways even more human and relatable you know Breaking Bad has a had a pulpness to it that better call Saul, especially when you deal with the Jimmy Kim relationship and Chuck stuff and all the interwork politics stuff is very, I don't know, more naturally human 
on some level. So I know some people that feel like they can relate better to Better Call Saul than they can to uh, to Breaking Bad. But but my point was that the creative team that is working on has worked on both shows, I think, just keeps getting better as a team and keeps creating. So the texture of the show, the way the show looks, the editing, the, the way the montage is working. Better Call Saul is much more lean, leans a lot more on musical montages where stuff happens. But Breaking Bad has that, especially in the cooking meth scenes. Both shows share share similar genetics but they are very different in some of their approaches and it's 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 six of one half a dozen of the other in some senses it's and i'm just throwing out two movie makers don't yeah is it scorsese or is it uh quentin tarantino is the is your favorite director i don't know those two are two of the best and and or is it the coen brothers like they it's there's great filmmakers there's great stories and to me these are two of the greatest shows that have ever been put to screen because Vince and his team are are the best are the best making a show Game of Thrones prequel series give one to these guys give everything to these guys I when it comes to making serialized television the montages on Better Call Saul are the best montages ever put to screen ever and I don't give a fuck Fuck. I fuck. I again, I'm going to be hyperbolic as a son of a bitch right now because yeah, fuck all. It's time. Vince is god in this world. Sorry, Peter. Gene does have a stash. Oh my gosh. I love how they used Welcome to My World during the Cinnabon montage. It's the same song they used during the season 5 trailer. And speaking of all that, like I said, unfortunately tonight's going to be a little quicker of an evening than tomorrow night. I'll be on a little bit longer tomorrow night and be uh, take my time a little bit more. But right now, it's time for recap. Okay, it's time for the recap, everybody. Go through what happened in this episode. I did rec- I did have some audio. I'm going to be playing some audio of certain parts of the episode. For some reason, again, since I've moved to this new studio location, have kind of a new setup, certain things in my workflow haven't been quite as smooth. And then because of lots of breaks and random shit happening over here and me me trying to act over here and doing this over there being sick and not really settling into I got a lot of crybaby this. certain technical difficulties and pieces of equipment that I've had in the old studio haven't reared their ugly head, heads yet I've lived here excuse me over a year now and I still don't feel like I'm properly set up those of you that have bounced around a lot or move a lot or even if you have one or two big moves in your life, can kind of relate. At some points, you move and it's a very smooth transition. You go into the new place, you unpack, you feel real comfortable. Sometimes you move into your mom's basement and you just never quite real have unpack. It takes you years to unpack. In this particular place, moving from into a much more what like you know i have a whole area in here i have a music area a potential green screen a whole area i could set up but it's been it's been uh it's it's been slow 
It's been a slow process to turn me from J Jimmy McGill to Saul Goodman here. So what I'm saying here, what, what I'm crying about, my crybabyitis, while I'm whining like a little fucking tushy monkey here, while I'm crying here, what I'm saying is that the audio will be kind of crunchy. And I'm not talking about hippie crunchy, like what I'm going to be doing when I put this, every time you see this come up on screen. Every time you see this come up on screen, there'll be some crunchy stuff going on. Trust me, it, it will. <laughs> I'll be like Gene with my stash. So so the audio is going to sound a little shitty. And, I, and I'm just going to warn you right ahead, ahead of time that we're, we're dealing with this quality. Listen to this shit. So you see, you hear that? It's, it sounds a little, there's some ass on that butter right there, right? It's some ass butter. But, but we're going to get there together, right? We're, it, this is going to be like the, this is going to be like a big duty. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to birth together, right? <laughs> it's going to be great. I personally enjoy and connect with Better Call Saul more, though Breaking Bad has been my favorite show for years, but I wholeheartedly recognize that Better Call Saul would not be as great without Breaking Bad preceding it. That That is how I know a bunch of people have talked to feel about that. Uh, that, that again, it's especially some of the work dynamics, the dynamic between Chuck and, and Jimmy that goes on through the first half of the series is very much, is extremely relatable and human. For a recap, motherfucking bitches. <laughs> I do have four backgrounds. I actually, I can switch it up. I go, go this one. Okay, do you guys like... For the Jimmy McGill background here, do you like this number one? Give me number one here, or number two? Number one, number two. Which one? Which one? Which one for my for my uh, Better Call Saul background here? I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like both of them. <laughs> but, okay, give me give me a number one or number two in there. I love it. Season four, I did not care for the Super Lab story. Maybe season two, episode six. The show is better when it's doing its own thing, not setting up Breaking Bad. I tend to agree about that as well. As much as I do appreciate number two. Okay, so people like number two. And we got number one. Okay, I'm going to probably end up using both of them. Number two. Okay, we got, we got, we got, uh, we got two is winning right now. So we'll stick with number two for, for now. But we'll, uh. We'll we'll definitely change it up on occasion. We got we got uh we got one one and a bunch of other twos. I'm not saying you'll never see one, but for now we'll we'll, we'll stick with two. I I do hope we see a flashback with Chuck as well. Uh, Breaking Bad, I think at its best for me is when it's the Chuck and every time Chuck <laughs> when it's Chuck when it's when Walt and Jesse are on screen together. I think I think they're the X factor for me. I think. Everyone in Better Call Saul is amazing, and I don't want to turn this into that kind of discussion right now necessarily because it's it, – we're the lucky ones. Everyone, everyone's a fucking winner right now. Do a new background with the Season 5 promo of everyone standing in the desert. No, absolutely. Great selection. Uh, Vivid, uh, could you email me that image at igotissuesman at gmail.com? Again, that's igotissuesman at gmail.com. You should be able to find that email in the description box below. Email me that picture, and I will make a background with that, motherfucker. I, I fucking will. Thank you for the suggestion. And always make those suggestions. If anyone ever has them or questions that they want to get into the show at any point in time, you can always email me or uh, find me on any of the social places that you would expect. So, so yeah, I'll be switching those around. <laughs> I'll be switching those around. <laughs> like I'm the nanny here or Javi Feistein. 
Okay, this recap by Javi Fierstein. It issues, dude. Motherfucker. Is is brought to you by this 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 show is brought to you by what did Joe think? That's right, everybody. Everyone wants to know that special question of what did Joe think about The Walking Dead tonight? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? Was it good or did it really fucking say? Okay, here we go. Let's get into this recap here. Now, uh, I've not seen The Witcher yet. It's it's on my watch list. I haven't I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. So many things have been uh, manipulating my time, uh, television wise and not television wise. But I have not caught up with that quite yet. But this next couple of months is going to be really exciting. We got Better Call Saul, which is probably I think the best show on television that has just come back and we have 10 amazing episodes of this to have fun with then we also have coming back very soon also I just want to mention Picard that is airing right now and I will be doing some more Picard reviews and catching up on that a little bit but Picard's airing and I'm very much enjoying that show uh for for its good and for whatever issues or whatever is nostalgic for me and I'm just I'm enjoying it. Then in March, then on March 15th, there's another show coming back. Speaking of Breaking Bad and Aaron Paul, yeah, bitch. I don't care what you think about Westworld. I'm very excited to see Aaron Paul on Westworld. And then for those of you that don't know that are Breaking Bad fans that have never seen an episode of Westworld and have no clue what the fuck it is, it's an HBO series that Aaron Paul has been added to the cast and is apparently a main cast member going into this next season and also then at the end of March we have the return of Ozarks as well which I'm very excited so a, so a handful of, of some of my favorite shows are all coming back and then somewhere in April we have Cobra Kai coming back too so I'm very excited for a lot of stuff that is coming across the airways but I do have a lot of stuff to catch up on as well but yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Ozarks is back in March too. Yeah, Ozarks, I can't wait to get back into that. So, our episode, thats it's a good excuse to rewatch those episodes. So we open up in the Gene timeline. We're in the JCPenney mall parking lot, and he's scared to death. The music is so intense. And the way they do the music in these Gene scenes, are it's just done extremely well throughout the entire series. I like how they chose to do it in black and white. It's an amazing contrast to everything else that they do in both series. Uh, you don't see a lot of this a lack of any color palette tones to any of the screen to any part of the screen and in these gene scenes you just see the bleakness and it just it it just adds so many so many so many layers to that bleak aspect of the series and i, I just i i can't i can't get enough of it captain <laughs> i sound like an asshole who the fuck are you you asshole <laughs> but it, but it is great and i i, just, I love i just love how uncomfortable i feel in these scenes uh, and Jay asks, "Do you think that Breaking Bad ends with Saul meeting, uh, meeting, uh, for, or with the Saul meeting from Breaking Bad?" I don't know if they meant. I don't know if it's going to end there. 
I've had fantasies somewhere down the line that next oh, that some parts of next season of Better Call Saul take place during Breaking Bad, and that we we carry it all the way that we almost get to the Gene section that we that we that we catch up that almost similar to if anyone's ever played the Godfather video game that was out during the PlayStation Two Wii era, uh, where you're you're a, another member of the Corleone family and you're in all the major scenes, but you're behind the scenes at all of them, or like the Game of Thrones video game. I kind of want, like, part of me kind of wants part of Better Call Saul next season to be set in the Breaking Bad timeline, similar to the, what we had in that one episode of last year. We see a little bit more of that here and there throughout. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends right at that meeting or or ends with Gene, but the the end of the Jimmy story ends with the meeting of, of Walt's character, Walt and Jesse walking into his office or something. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they bring it full circle and show you some more of 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 Jimmy of of uh, Saul's perspective during the some of the events of Breaking Bad where we didn't see him quite as much, especially if somehow Kim is still in the picture. I've always speculated this that maybe Kim and him don't break up and she and he doesn't leave Kim or Kim doesn't leave him until he actually takes off with Robert Forrester. I don't know. That's a long shot, but it's some part of me kind of thinks that as well. And dun, 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 dun. bye, ooga booga. <laughs> yeah, but we would. I would love to. I would love to see more, more Breaking Bad stuff in season six. I mean, I'm sure we'll have a scene or two in this season, but I would love to see more. Fucking cool breeze. I fucking hate YouTube with his notifications. Sometimes, if you're not getting notifications of this and you're watching this later, I'm. Don't please resubscribe, but unsubscribe and resubscribe and then make sure you're clicking on those motherfucking bell. I don't think Kim dies. I tend to think that they stay together or stay in contact at some point or she just dumps him and leaves him. I don't think Kim's going to die. I don't think it's that kind of serious. I also want to know how Skylar Flynn and Marie are doing. I don't, Jay. I, I don't think Kim dies personally. I think I think. Other than the the Mike and Hector storyline and all of that stuff, I think that none of our I don't think that's the fate of Kim Wexler. I think it's more either coming to grips with loving Jimmy for who he is and loving the Saul Goodman of it all and realizing and embracing the dark side as well, breaking bad herself, or getting as far away from that as possible and alienating her alienating him and never talking to him again and realizing that he's a bad influence on her. I don't think I don't think she I don't think their storyline plays with that kind of fire for her to die. And I so I I think it's more leaving or marrying or or getting closer in the cons embracing that side of her personality or not. I think Kim's journey is a little bit more Another one of those Breaking Bad kind of tales. Will Kim allow herself, which has to use that manipulation for good rather than evil? Kim's death has been foreshadowed. People are like, oh, okay, so maybe I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to see no death of Kim Wexler, but people if people in the comments section or in the live motherfucking chat, tell me I'm wrong. I like hearing I'm wrong. I'm really curious about what Gene's alternative plan is to do deal with the taxi guy problem. Me 
too. Is he going to embrace it? Is he? That was so fucking crazy when he said that. If Kim broke bad herself, wouldn't she still be around? She could be around. That's what I'm saying. She could be around in Breaking Bad. We don't see enough of Saul to know what his home life's like. That's all I'm saying. In Breaking Bad, Saul is a very one-dimensional character because we don't see the other side of him. The only characters we see that side of is Jesse and Walt and everything around them and their immediate family. Saul is very much... We don't. We just don't get to see that. Maybe once or twice throughout the whole series of Breaking Bad, does Saul seem like a human? Do we maybe see a second of Jimmy? We don't know who he goes home to every night. He might go home to Kim. I, I guess that's all I'm saying. We don't. We don't fucking know. Kim's from Kansas. Gina's Omaha, waiting for her to meet him. Possibly pale horse riders. Great to see you in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see all of you people joining me on this late evening on a Sunday evening. So we see him peel out and grab all this stuff, box of pictures, band-aids full of diamonds, you know, everything that, that everything that everyone has in their in their in their cabinets, right? I, I have a uh, band-aid box full of diamonds. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. This is so we see him peel on head home we see uh the the license plate missouri plate we hear police radio uh not looking for him he's studying the police radio and, the, and watching that police radio back and forth it's a very intense kind of feeling a very intense energy going back and forth in there then he goes to dinner <laughs> he returns his french toast jimmy eats nothing at twelve fifteen. uh gene calls to say that he's not going to be at work that day. He checks in. He's a beaten man. He looks he just looks like a beaten man through all of this. He has fear but no attention. Okay. And then then we're with Gene looking. He heads in. He listens to the police radio all day. Nothing about him. He's scared. And then the song comes in again as we as was mentioned earlier that really that really kind of brings really ties the room together. It's our first sound cue of the of the of the season and it works extremely well as welcome welcome to my world welcome back to cinnabons working again sad great cinematic angles coming from the lunch bag and it ends with him eating his sandwich and then someone says here we go i'm gonna listen to this we're gonna listen to this even though the audio is gonna be a little choppy uh, this is i want to listen to all of this right here so here we go I will definitely be talking about that back half season of Vikings when it comes back to talk about the final season. And then when I binge watch the season I missed, I will be doing one review on the final season. Thank you. I'm bummed that I wasn't able to cover Vikings this half a season, but I will be talking about all the remaining episodes one way or another. That means a lot, motherfucker. Let's just get past that. 
That's the creepiest thing he says right there. I know who you are. You know who you are. Let's just get past it. That would scare the shit out of me. In fact, I was out at a bar, I think it was last weekend, and I was in a, I was just sitting kind of minding my own business, and some dude walked past me and smiled at me and gave me a sort of like, I know you look. And then he could tell I couldn't recognize him, and he walked past me again, and this time I couldn't help but like, I couldn't not meet his gaze, so to speak. And he walked in my face, he's like, hey, what's up, Phil? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, you know me, but. Or I know you, but you don't know me. It was just the way he said it. He was being very friendly. He was he was super friendly about it, and ended up being like, we recognize. I recognized him eventually, and I kind of placed where I knew him from, and we had a moment. But in the moment, the way he said it, it, just someone saying something like that to you, and forget if you're in Jimmy's situation, you're in Saul's situation here. It's just scary as shit. The way he says it, you come on. I know you. You know me. You got to get past this shit. He's cool. He just, just wanted to come along. Hey, you know who I had in my cab once? Sammy Hagar. <laughs> He's even more famous than you. Dude, what about The Walking Dead and Shit Buddies? What happened, dude? <laughs> Walking Dead, Joe and I will be catching up on that as well. We're not... I just the the whole thing with The Walking Dead is I feel like I don't want to do it if Joe's not <laughs> if Joe doesn't have the night off of work. <laughs> but. When Joe does have the night off work, we'll definitely do it. And we will definitely be talking about this whole half a season. I just don't think we can. I don't think we have the power to be able to talk through every single episode of The Walking Dead at this point. Even though I, I did miss it. I almost wanted to watch it tonight and do this as a double review and talk about The Walking Dead too. But I got outvoted at the house. Someone we, someone would rather watch a uh, season two episode of Ray Donovan than The Walking Dead tonight. Don't have to worry, get your shit, buddy. Don't have to worry, get your shit, buddy. Don't have to worry, get your shit, buddy. Don't have to worry, get your shit. Tonight. Better Call Saul is my shit buddy of a TV show. So here we go. Let's listen to a little bit more of this. I just want you to admit it. But I, I don't know. The way he said, I just want you to admit, admit it makes me think it's somebody that... It, it's not necessarily someone attached to the Walter White situation. It's someone that recognizes him, that has some other business with him, that screw, that Saul screwed him over in a case or something. Mm. But I don't know. And and we also don't know. We know through El Camino that this case is getting a lot of press, right? That there is Netflix series on this Walter White situation by this point, too. You know, there is, like, all this shit out there that he's he's very famous and people could also be using this as an opportunity to go out and find him. Whether they're feds, whether they're bounty hunters, whether they're just what it, they seem, locals that happen to just recognize him that used to live in the Albuquerque area. Either way, it's really interesting and really tense what has got built up here. Yeah, you need Joe for The Walking Dead. It's it's no fun for me just to come out here and talk about The Walking Dead all by myself and do a two-hour podcast talking about that by myself. It's 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 tough. It's tough. 
I am drinking tonight. I'm drinking Tank 7 from Boulevard. It's a rather strong uh, farmhouse ale. That's what I'm drinking. Mm-mm-mm. Shit motherfucking buddies. So, uh, so I, <laughs> I'm loving that spoiler that you guys are putting out about The Walking Dead tonight. If that's true. Hey now, hey now, do we do we really do we need some of this cringe porn music? Yes, cocky locky baby. Okay, so uh, so 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 Saul runs in and calls someone. He needs more cash. He calls Max Cherry, Robert Forrester, who is on set on El Camino, which, again, I said this earlier, but I think it's really cool how it is basically, you can see it's the same setup. He looks like dressed in the same makeup, same same session as when he shot all of that. Who knows if it's the same time period in Breaking Bad, in the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe, around the same time period where Jesse got in touch with him, where Saul got in touch with him. It could have all been the same thing, the same uh, same week. We, we don't know the timing of all of this, which I think is really interesting, too. And something that's always been vague in the Breaking Bad universe, and I don't mind it, but it's 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 interesting to think about all of that. And I like how we got one more appearance of of this Max Cherry character. Uh, and yes, I'm calling him Max Cherry from uh, that's not his name, and that's not the actor's name. That's a character he played in a Quentin Tarantino movie, Jackie Brown. But fuck all, I'm calling. His mama named named him Max Cherry. I'm gonna call him Max Cherry. Uh, Max Cherry, just uh, for uh, for for John Doe again, is the guy who plays the the vacuum cleaner salesman in Breaking Bad. Was in another movie called was in a movie called Jackie Brown, playing a character named Max Cherry, who was who shared some similarities to that character. And in a in a weird way, you could see see that be him being the same character in a in a warped sense. So yeah. <laughs> There's that. Hey Emerald, great to see you. Great to see everyone tonight. It's great to be back doing this silly stuff again. Okay. So uh so then we come back into Saul times as we see Kim come into focus in an intentional way. And I think it's a good parallel to the end of the episode where she's kind of going out of focus and losing her mind to a certain extent, having a panic attack. But coming in from the beginning of the episode, we see that everything just comes back into focus. It's a it's a fun movie, Jackie Brown. It's not necessarily one of my one of my favorite of Quentin Tarantino's movies, but it is a good movie and fun. A lot of really good actors and fun times in that. Samuel L. Jackson is the main actor. Robert De Niro's also in it. Bridget, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, uh, Pam Greer, and Robert Forrester, who's also made. I, I guess Pam Greer and Robert Forrester are kind of the main characters, but Samuel L. Jackson's pretty, pretty, pretty big in the movie as well, but. Yeah, f- fun movie. Uh, the ble- I believe it was the movie Quentin Tarantino did right after Pulp Fiction. I think it was the. Uh, I believe I believe so in his chronological movie history. But okay, so. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I actually saw that movie in the theater. I believe in the theater, in the theater. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jackie Brown is a is a, is a really good movie. It's again. It's I wouldn't different different podcast altogether. Quentin Tarantino, top uh, top ten, 
ranking all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. If he really retires at this point, what was he have nine or ten movies? What is it? Something like that. I will do that. I'll, I'll rank all my uh, my my Quentin Tarantino movies. But okay, so back in we see uh, we see Kim coming to focus in an intentional way, cooking her shoes, but not with that gusto that we're used to hearing from Kim. She's being careful, worried as she sees Jimmy getting his name changed to officially be back to Saul as Saul Goodman. He's getting them to. Uh, He's concerned Jimmy is full force Jimmy. No chuck, no hamstrings. He's full force. He's got he's got his his uh his law license back. It's some angles he's not seeing. He's just go he's going all the way. Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, he signs his name. Jimmy Jimmy Saul Goodman McGill, he signs his name. So then we go off to the Salamanca family. Lalo is pressing Nacho for knowledge of Mike. And a very kind of condescending, attacky way. Let's listen to some of that. If I can, can we do that? Do you have the capabilities? Sorry, Phil. Uh, sorry, Phil. Resistance is futile. I'm, I'm sorry. My engineer is a Borg, and he, he messes up sometimes. How many Berliner Zieglers there are in Germany? Twenty-seven. Twenty-six now, according to Mrs. Ziegler. I told you I never heard of Lalo's just that guy that if you're playing poker with him, he's just going to be talking to you. He's, he's, if we're talking, he's like Daniel Negrano. I know you got it. I know you got it. You know, you, you should just really stop fucking with me right here. You know, you know what I'm saying, guys? Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, really, really. He has so much more mm, tact in some ways than, uh, than Hector does. He bullies in the, that Salamanca way, but compared to the other Salamancas that we've seen, he has a much a much different approach. And I think it, it's very interesting because we've seen uh, Tuco, who was who, who has one method of just crazy insanity. And then we see Hector, who is just not bloodthirsty, but just cold and callous and doesn't really read the room well or doesn't care to read the room well at all. Uh and then seeing Lalo, who is much more cerebral on some level, I, I've but still has that smile to him, so to speak, that Salamanca thing that you know his agenda is with his family, but he knows how to talk to people in a sense, in a way, and play the game a little bit better. It's it's it's, it's fun. He's a fun character that I've been enjoying. He has way more charm than Hector. He Hector couldn't couldn't even comprehend this kind of charm. He just he just doesn't understand it. Even when it's with the, the dealings with Gus, like he seems to get it on some level. Get it. Like I said, I only know the names of two guys over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Victor and Tyrus. You. Okay, so in Nacho. Nacho enjoying enjoying a lot of this. I like Nacho and I hope nothing happens to him, but if anyone does die that's left on the show, I think Nacho is prime for that situation, maybe having to take out Lalo with but whatever. I don't I don't want to get into that. Uh, hopefully nothing happens to Nacho. So he's trying to figure out he presses Crazy Aid, who I like Crazy Aid being there as well. It's pretty cool. Pretty fun, pretty fun stuff. What's he doing? 
we get a couple of uh, we see things from a couple of different camera angles. Uh, it's just good storytelling without having to say anything. As Lalo pulls up, he heads in. Okay, basically what happens in all of this, I'm I'm not gonna read my notes because I can't really read it. <laughs> basically, what happens is is Crazy Eight and Nacho say that some of the stuff that they've been selling seems not quite on the same quality level or it looks like it's been fucked with. So Lalo's like, that's impossible, whatever. And he goes and checks it out and he goes and looks at all the stuff and basically says to Nacho, this stuff is fake or this stuff is ours, this stuff isn't. And that's important a little bit later. So then we get Kim who gives Jimmy a coffee cup gift. You can see it. Wait, can you see it really? Uh, there it is. I got it right there. You can see where my finger's pointing. You can't see my background too well, but it's the same coffee cup. Literally, I think they got that from the Better Call Saul, you know, prop store on Amazon. They, they're they using, like, the second best lawyer ever cup. Again, you have, that's right there, right where my thumb is. You can, you can see it, kind of. Lalo sees through people's bullshit. Exactly. I would not want to play poker with Lalo. I like to imagine that Jesse walked in after Robert Forrester got up by Je Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, I almost, I, I'm right with you there. I feel like it's the same exact time period that, that Jesse got out right around the time of all of this was happening. And Joe was talking about that a little bit. We were talking a little bit off air. Uh, because even when we're not doing shows, Joe and I do shows and we're just babbling about television. It's a shame. We should just probably broadcast that all the time, especially for our motherfucking patrons who have stuck with me through all of this weird time of the last couple of months. So I appreciate, uh, all the patrons that have been amazing. I've been trying to give you guys little quick lensy videos of talking to the screen and giving you some insanity while I'm working or stuff. I'll do that more as the weather helps me out when it's good weather. It's easier to do that. So so I, I do appreciate all of our patrons that have been supporting me throughout this silliness. And you can learn more about that stuff as well. And I'll be giving you guys some more bonus content very, very soon. Anyways, okay. So back to the fucking show. Back to the fucking show, dude. So is this a dagger I see before me? So Kim gives him a gift, the best coffee cup. Oh, it's like a prop one. They need to spread the word. And Jimmy gets the idea in this situation that he's going to use his cell phone scam to spread the word about Saul Goodman. He already has an install base of all these people that know his name is Saul Goodman. So why not just convert them to think he's a lawyer? And with the phones, put in a, a special speed dial so you can call Saul Goodman by just pushing the number one. Uh, but bang, zoom, right to the moon. And we can give 50% off for nonviolent felonies. Commit four felonies, get the fifth one free. Go ahead. <laughs> I, bad audio and all. I feel like I have to listen to Bob Odenkirk right now, folks. So here we go. Listen, let's listen to a little bit of this shit. <laughs> oh, why not run a promotion? I'll make a real event out of it. I'll, I'll give them away. Okay? And uh, for added sweetener, limited time only, um, nonviolent felonies... 50% off. You know, it's like, uh, commit four felonies, you get the fifth one free. And there'll be friends and family, too, so you can share them around. Really? Yeah, I mean, just get people in the door. Once they're hooked, I will upsell them. 
Doesn't that sound like you're encouraging these people to commit crimes? <laughs> they don't need encouragement. Believe me. One scoop or two. One. Kim, you don't know these assholes like I do. Rain or shine, these morons will be Actually, that quality is a little bit better. Getting arrested for it. Little discount will make a bit of difference. Do you want sprinkles? Because I'm having sprinkles. Uh, sure. I'm just worried about how this reflects on you. No, Kim. No, Kim. You're not worried about how this reflects on him at all. Really, when it really comes down to it, I think that's a lot of bullshit right there. I think Kim is worried about what this means to her as her. And I think that's fine that that's what, how she feels. But I think she's sort of having trouble with that. And that's the thing that we deal with at the end when she yells at Jimmy for, for suggesting. And now I'm switching up for my second beer to have a fat tire. Um, she's yelling at Jimmy for suggesting that he does the scam about pretending to be the, um, the district attorney. And when he does, and when he leaves, she ultimately does his scheme anyway and just uh, does it without him and then gets pissed off and runs out and has the panic attack. And I think part of all of this is through this episode, this is very much a Kim journey kind of episode. We saw that we saw what happened to Jimmy for this. We're going to see Jimmy go through a lot of ups and downs this season for sure. We're going to see Saul, Saul doing Saul's run and seeing how Saul gets to connect with Jesse probably eventually to get that connection to Walter. That's all going to happen. But I think for the most part, last season leading into this point, we saw that transition from Jimmy to Saul. He's all in on the Saul thing at this point. There's very little, very little Jimmy left. I think a lot of this episode for me, what it was, with with the Kim and Jimmy Kim and Saul stuff now, I'm, I feel like I have to call him Saul now. Is that it's her acceptance of it, her having to deal with it? Can I deal with this? And what's this mean for me? Can can I deal with living with this bullshit addict when I have an addiction to bullshit somewhere inside me too, and I have to be careful with it, even though my bullshit's for good rather than evil. Hmm. I just think it's I think it's very interesting. And I think I think Kim is sneakily one of the best characters on TV. And and another and I think what's I'm Seahorn uh, what, what I'm I'm slow on this now cuz it's the beginning of the se season so I'm blanking on Re Seahorn Seahorn is that her name or something like that. I think it stepped up so much when Michael McKeon left this show character was, you know, killed off the show. I think it's just worth stating that over and over again, how, how much, how much she stepped up and brought so much gravitas to her character. That I think existed early on, but really went to that next level when she had to pick up some of the slack of Michael McKeon leaving the show. Rhea. Thank you. Rhea Seahorn. Great name. Okay, so spread the word with the cell phone scam, and uh, we really start to get his perspective. Kim is worried about how it reflects on him, but again, I say she's not worried about how shit reflects on him. She's worried about how this makes her feel and how sh her personality will reflect off of this. That's what I think. Zombie, I was talking about that earlier. I hope that fucking happens, and what Zombie was saying in the live chat, as you can see on the screen right now if you're watching this, but if, excuse me, maybe you're listening. 
Uh, Zombie said, uh, oh man, what if all of season six takes place during the Breaking Bad timeline? I think I hope at least part of it does. And I hope it isn't some fast forward kind of thing that we get. Somehow I met your mother ending where we get we get a quick jump in time, jump in time, jump in time. I'd like to see some real see what Jimmy was up to during that time period when he wasn't hanging out with Walt and Jesse. But whatever. Maybe we'll see that, maybe we won't. I'm try I'm trying not to anticipate too much. In Vince we trust. There's certain shows I will be Monday. I will Monday morning quarterback it till death. I will fuck that till it fucking dies with Monday morning quarterbacking. They should do this. They should do that. Even shows I love, right? I I personally can't do that with this show. I, I'm I'm just in for the ride, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. And some stuff I like more than others, and I'll say if something's shit if I think it's shit. But. I, I'm in that roller coaster ride, and and I, I'm trusting I'm trusting these bastards to drive me where they're going. So okay, so we see that he's got to do this because he'll always be Chuck's brother, and Chuck's loser brother, and she can't see it, and he's like, "Oh, you will." <laughs> he's just full force ahead. You just can't help it. Now this whole next section is just about Gus running bullshit and Lala being like, "Fuck, fuck off, dude." <laughs> Lalo goes to Polos and heads in. We hear Gus in the background. They have a they have a meeting with uh, the mediator there, a, a sit down about what happened. And Gus decides to be proactive and bullshits this whole story about how. It's, it's, I mean, I could play it, but it's really just a lot of bullshit here about how they <laughs> that someone was doing a job that. For him, that had to do with the the chicken business. That was building a big cooler, not a freezer, a cooler. It's a retirement community. It's a, it's it's a big cooler, the biggest cooler in this side of this side this side of uh, Western Arizona here, and or is it, is it, I don't fucking know um, in Albuquerque. So yeah, and it's just it's a lot of little cat and mouse stuff. And the ultimate way of saying this, Lalo is Lalo wants to say hi to Mike. He says, hi, Mike. And it is very funny in this scene. He just doesn't buy anything Gus says. And Gus is trying. Gus is shoveling that shit. <laughs> and he's very believable. But nope. <laughs> he's just not buying it. And to the point where at the end of it all, Lau is just like, he's like, yeah, I, I hear all your bullshit. Yeah, this is a lot of good bullshit. You got a lot of good bullshit here. But, you know, your south wall is going to be fucking beautiful. <laughs> In your cooler. It's going to be a great cooler. But your south wall, wall is fucking beautiful. Mm. Does Vince have much to do with the story anymore? More so in the sense that he's in the writer's room. Hanging out with them. Helping them break the stories. But Vince does not have as much to do with this show. Especially in the last few seasons as people think. A lot of time he was spent working on Secret Project. Which was El Camino. But. Vince is directing a big episode, I believe episode five of this season, maybe episode six, which is said to be one of the best seasons of the show from people that have seen pre have seen the show early. But uh, Vince usually has more consultant roles where he's sitting in the writer's room with the rest of the writers helping point the story in the direction. But this is this show in a lot of ways is more Peter's baby than it is Vince's. Uh, but Vince does have a lot to do with the show. It's just not, he's just not the 
necessary head of the ship all the time on it. If you want to hear more about... I should ring the bell. Everyone drink because it's the first time I'm going to mention it and it's not going to be the last. If you really want to hear about how much and who has to do with what episode of this series and of Breaking Bad for that matter as well, I highly recommend and I cannot recommend enough. Like literally shut off this shit show of a podcast you're listening to right now. Here, this one. And watch the Better Call Saul or the Breaking Bad Insiders podcast, which it is hosted by one of the editors of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, Kelly Dixon. And Vince and Peter are always on it, and they have actors from the show and writers and the directors, and they talk a lot about who does what, how the show, how the particular episode came to be, how certain sections were shot, how they figure shit out. It's done in a very fun way where you understand a lot more how this team works. Again, I cannot say enough of it. Do not, if you're going to listen to one podcast about Better Call Saul, uh, don't, don't make it this one, okay? Make it the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast. Do it. And tell them I sent you. <laughs> then maybe I can get an interview with Peter or Vince. That's, that's my goal here. That's why I'm saying this now. Uh, that, but, but seriously speaking, you get a little bit more of a feel of who does what for what particular episode. I think Vince is important in the sense that he set the standard of how they all do business. How they work. How the workflow goes, and that's where Vince is most important at this point when it comes to the show, that he's still the founder of this particular place, and everything needs to get his sort of approval, and he has his hand in everything. But is he constructing the narrative as tightly as he was in the sense of Breaking Bad? No, but even that was more of a community thing. That's just how he likes to work. Compared to someone like David Chase who, with The Sopranos, would take what other writers wrote, write in his room and change everything and kind of use it and make his own thing. Vince in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul don't, doesn't work that way. It's more of a writer's room with a bunch of people discussing and figuring things out together. There's a wonderful book that I'm going to blank on the name of it, but I could try to figure it out. Or I could look at my Audible on my phone. But it's all about how, like, it's all about this era of television shows and how each writer's room works slightly different. And uh, I think it's called like Mean Men and Their Path to Television something or other. <laughs> if, you, if you're curious about it, write me privately and I will figure that out again. I got issues made at gmail.com. I will look into it more if you're actually curious about that audiobook or that book and want to hear more information about that, get in contact with me. So, uh, bump, 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 bump. let's continue. So they're building a cooler. They meet and have a quick exchange. No more secrets. Oh, yes. So back in, we hear Lalo knows how to talk better than Hector. And he talks more shit. And he says something. Lalo does not trust him. But, okay, Lalo has a conversation with that, with the mediator. And... Lalo doesn't trust Gus, and he's like, why do you trust Gus? And he's like, he makes money, he's never be one of us, but he he makes money, and we're going to work with him, and that's how things are. And Lalo doesn't freak out like Hector would, or scream, or say, fuck this dude. He just says, okay, I guess there's nothing more that can be said right now. See you later. And that, again, shows how he has just a different tact altogether than Hector, and just a different different way of doing that. 
So back to our shady section of town where Jimmy is selling all his phones. He's got a circus tent held up, and it huels there, and it's time for some fucking Saul Goodman. Like, I mean, prime goodness classic Saul fucking Goodman. There you go, buddy. Next. Welcome, welcome. Take a load off. Before we talk phones, let's talk to you. I'm guessing from our brief acquaintance that you're a fellow who, occasionally, through no fault of your own, uh, finds yourself in a Donnybrook or two. Yeah, a uh, knuckle duster. A fistfight. I'm thinking you might be someone who partakes of the herb of the earth. I'm guessing that you ladies are popular with the fellas. And this could lead to a misunderstanding with the boys in blue. Say hello to my little friend. See right there, circled in red, pre-programmed, ready to go. Number one on the speed dial goes directly to me. You press that, and poof, I'm there. Next! Why call the cell phone guy? Because I'm not just a cell phone guy. I'm the lawyer who's going to fight for you. Well, you might find yourself in possession of a few pieces of military ordnance, you know, RPGs. Good point. I kind of skipped over that because I'm rushing a little bit here. He does say back. We say Lala knows how to talk better. He says something about what happened in Santiago to uh, Bolsa. And you're right. He Gus did punk both of them. But I don't think either of them or I don't think I think Bolsa is eating Gus's bullshit and it costs him in the end. It costs all of them in the end for for underestimating what Gus is possibly capable of with Salamanca has kind of had a read on Gus that in that sense because of what they did to his friend that he could never be trusted i mean they were always assholes but they also knew because of that that if gus was any kind of person he would get revenge somehow and that they probably needed to kill him too and i think i think that that's kind of that undersaid sort of thing where yes hector's an asshole yes he always hated gus from the beginning and he probably was very very influential in the murdering of his friend and or, or gus's partner but I do think on some level the Salamancas at this point, the reason why they will never trust Gus is not just all that hatred that they have for him. It's also the fact that they know that if he's any kind of person, that he's going to seek revenge for what they did to his friend. And I don't know if Hector's that smart. Lalo seems like he's that smart, and I'd understand that. Uh, and what happened in Santiago, I don't know what that is in reference to. It's something interesting that I hope we find out later and we get a little bit more into in this storyline uh, because I like how we're seeing the different sides of Gus in this. Uh, it was great that he got added to the show and we're seeing uh, a lot more of all about him. So it's going to be cool. A couple claiming lines in the trunk. <laughs> Before you know it, the other guy is bleeding out on the pavement and the cops are giving you the evil eye. It's just that people are always looking over each other's shoulder. And you're not hurting anyone. You know, who doesn't want to be... Next, big fellow outside. His name's Huel Babin. Go ask Huel about me. He was facing three years. He was facing six years. Eight years down in Guadalupe. He was facing 25 years. Didn't do a single day. That's why he calls me the magic man. I asked him not to call the me The magic that. man. <laughs> Next. Number one on the speed dial. That's your lifeline. Cops pick you up, threaten you, they look at you sideways, you press that button, and I'm there. It's not just a Press number one. Press number one. Zip your lap and press the button. You keep your mouth shut. Cops press number one. Keep it charged. Poof, poof, poof. I'm there. 
At number one on your speed dial, it's your panic button. Press number one on the speed dial. Ask him about the magic. Press the button and boom, your friend Saul is there. What I like about this scene too is yes, it's funny. Yes, it's cool. It's it's awesome to hear this stuff, but it's also they manage in the editing of it to make it kind of creepy at times too, and the way they have it repeat and and overlap to just show the insanity and the pathological nature of it. Like when you're getting into watching too many dirty things and you're and you're just like ah, oh, I'm flipping through, or you're swiping, you're and you're just doing it in this like pathological way and. I like that. I like that we're not just seeing this be a superpower that he's turning on. We're seeing him kind of going, not insane, but drinking the Kool-Aid and starting to trip out and stuff. Uh, the business in San Diego is probably related to Eladio saying, the only reason you aren't dead is because I know who you are. And yeah, we've talked about that before, that he has some some secret built up in there. And I, I hear you, Cool Breeze. Some could, some could say that's what this podcast is about, too. <laughs> But a different in different contexts, cool breeze. In different different co- different contexts, what me and Joe do in our private time is none of your business. So, <laughs> wow, does not trust him. Visa zero ends cash. Okay, so back into all of this, he's giving out free commission cards. Facing, uh, he's the magic man. It's just creepy and fun stuff. And then he goes outside. He's out of phones, and we get this little part right here. And everyone's kind of ignoring him, but he decides to give off 50. He decides to do his 50% deal after thinking it was misunderstanding Kim when she told him not to do this and undersell him. He's like, I can't do a 50% deal, but he decides to do it, do it as well. Mm -mm -mm. He did, which gives more evidence to Hector. That could be another problem the Salamancas have with him. And, uh, and, and viewing it in that perspective as well. So we see uh, he gives out all the cards back in after a long commercial break. I mean, there, there was a bunch of commercials in this in this episode, and I don't know if anyone's noticing this shit. I don't watch live TV as much as I used to, for sure, and I'm, I'm used to skippable commercials to a certain extent. But during every commercial break, we had a decent commercial. Between this point where we end up giving out the cards and the Magic Man, and then we come back in for whatever it's worth, I can't, I can't explain to you. It felt like a really long commercial break to me, but whatever. I'm just bitching, but it, it felt like a lot. It was a lot, and I think I had to see Chris Hardwick in this time period too, being like, "Oops, hey guys, I'm sorry. You're watching like a better show, and you gotta like wait this out." Excuse me. But you're going to wait out through this better show. And then we got to go back and talk about The Walking Dead. Because, like, stuff happened on The Walking Dead with, like, characters you, like, totally care about, dude. Like, totally. Totally. There was, like, a fire and an accident. And there was zombies. Yeah, I saw part of the episode. I did. Okay. There, and then and there's, like, shit happening and stuff. And, like, Daryl is, like, you know, doing stuff in this episode. And, like, showing emotion things. Yeah. You know? The blood. You know, please ignore the Better Call Saul. You know, this is like a cerebral television program. You don't want that. Just tune into The Walking Dead. Come on. Come on. It's still good. Come on. I love... I'm sorry. I got to talk about this for a second. Pause. Better Call Saul. Walking Dead rant for a quick second. I love how in this off-season of Better Call Saul and Walking Dead, respectively, I was talking earlier about how all the articles are pushing out there. Like, you're trying to get hype around this show, Better Call Saul, to, to the 
to more of the wider mainstream appeal of a television show in the way that Breaking Bad kind of poked through in its last couple of seasons. And, and Breaking Bad for the first few seasons was sort of, I'm not going to say it was an underground show, but it was a show that wasn't getting crazy ratings in that era of television when it was important, uh, a little bit more important to get ratings. It sort of snuck up and then became more popular and one of the most popular shows on television in its last kind of run. Better Call Saul has never reached that. And I don't think it's that kind of show, but it's getting a lot of sort of attention to try to be like, oh, it's great. Everyone should tune in. And I, and I hear you. It should, but it's not, you know, it's a show that if you find it, you're going to like. You're going to like it. You're not going to like it, whatever. But I don't think it has that sort of that kind of appeal to it personally. I think it deserves a lot more attention when it comes to award shows and all that kind of bullshit. But uh, but that's beside the point. It's 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 just it's it's interesting to me that. But with the walking fucking dead in this off season, they were just going out of their way to say uh, you saw articles every week. Uh, Walking Dead creators admit that the Negan storyline might have been too dark and alienated some viewers. We'll have a huge cliffhanger at the end of season 10 that will really bring fans back. Like, like, don't tell me you, you're going to bring me but Like, shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Now, that will be saved for another show. If you want a good non but non cerebral TV show, watch Shameless. I've watched every episode that's aired of Shameless, and I'm very much looking forward to the final season. I actually really enjoyed the season without Fiona. I think uh, I think uh, her storyline had reached its conclusion. The show was in a little bit of a circle, and I think in this most recent season, minus Fiona, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Cool Breeze. They made me watch five minutes of The Walking Dead and it looked fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Birdie, great to see you. Me too. I tuned in on, there was like five minutes left. I tuned in at, at 10. I'm like, like, wait a minute. I still have to watch some of this. I turned off, I turned off Ray Donovan for this. <laughs> because you like me. I know Cool Breeze. You're, you're, you're a sweetheart. Okay, so back after that long commercial break. I, I'm sorry. It's just that I've seen all this stuff about The Walking Dead. You know, The Walking Dead's back, and then getting all this. It's 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 a great show again now, and it's. I hope they start to get to the point where they where they end that show. AMC's got a couple of other shows that I'm looking forward to seeing what directions that new Jason Segal show that's coming out has me very excited, and then we have one more season coming up of Better Call Saul after this year. So. I'm excited to see some of those AMC shows, and I hope that they can end The Walking Dead gracefully. Okay, so back after that long commercial break, it's the crew. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Mike sending off the rest of the crew after what happened to Varner, and it's it's a it's a fucked up scene it's interesting scene as he sends each of them off to the different locations uh one of the guys is like yeah Vaughn's a pussy and uh you did the right thing mike and mike punches that dude that's a little prick from last season and then one of the other guys goes mike you're not half the man that uh varner was and they walk away they all go away not going to talk or anything <laughs> 10 seasons is what's alienated the fan base and then Mike and Gus have a powwow, and this is probably the most tense we've ever seen. Mike and Gus. No, no problem. 
What will they do as they've been told? You're asking my opinion? I am. They know the concept. So right there, he's, you're asking my opinion is a, is a fuck you right away. It's like that. that is a... That is a Mike Dick slap across his across Gus's face right there where you didn't – I – oh, you care about my opinion? You didn't care about my opinion in the Vonner situation where I thought I could handle that. So, yeah, I like that. I like how Mike is right here in the offensive. We don't usually see him talk to – throughout the series of both series, we haven't seen him talk to Gus this way. He's pissed at Gus right here, and it comes out. And the laundry? The entrance is to the side of Ben's seal. Nobody's going to stumble on it. As long as Lalo Salamanca is on this side of the border, we cannot continue as we were. So this is it? No, this is not it. Once Salamanca is dealt with, and he will be dealt with, construction will resume. Until then, you will continue to be paid. Now you're going to pay me to do nothing. Call it a retainer. Even after Ziegler? Yes. What happened in Frankfurt? The attorney spent a full day with his wife. She accepted the facts as presented. Accepted like you... <laughs> you showed her a gun and said either her blood or her signature will be on the uh, contract? Is that that kind of thing? As per your suggestion, a construction accident. The funeral was yesterday. And, of course, she has been compensated. Compensated? I would choose my next words very carefully if I... Yeah, and Mike chooses them very carefully. He's like, go fuck yourself. You keep your goddamn retainer. Now, this to me, this is an interesting scene, right? This is fun. This is cool interactions between two characters. It's good to see more, more interplay between Mike and Gus. But, and someone said this earlier. To me, the stuff that works best on this show. And this isn't to say that I don't enjoy this scene. And this isn't a well put together scene and well acted and needed in the storyline that they're telling. I said this before last season. I am more interested in this show with everything that has to do with Jimmy and Saul and his storyline. I feel it's a little somehow sneaks away from the sequel from the prequel itis disease that infects me sometimes again i want to be clear that this is my problem not a problem with prequels in general because it's a problem i have when i know what's going to happen it takes away some of that drama for me in some level this fight between the two of them is well done if i was watching better call Saul before i was watching breaking bad i might fear that or might think that this is going to be the end of their relationship that this could cause a big problem that this might force Gus to make a difficult decision about having to maybe kill Mike and Mike knowing that um, knowing Gus's business right now knowing what kind of man he is would have to protect himself or some 
some in- interesting interaction. But because I know the events of Breaking Bad and I know their relationship and I know Mike somehow becomes even more loyal to Gus to the point where he says, you know, I would die for this man. I, I care about this man to a certain extent. Uh, I know that I kind of know what's going to happen. I don't think this devalues the scene in any way, but this is an inherent problem that I personally have with anything prequel-ish. For whatever reason, dealing with the Jimmy, Saul, Kim, Chuck line previous to that uh, and all of that, sort of I'm separated from it. I like that. Sorry, I hear I hear some I hear some steps. <laughs> I hear, I'm like, is someone sneaking up on me? I thought I heard some steps behind me. But but yes, so that's how I feel about it. Cool Breeze says the Negan storyline started dark, but should have stayed dark. Joe called it Negan became a cartoon. Yes, he did. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, that that's it. Ne- Negan. He was always relatively a cartoon character or a better comic character, but yes. Let me play let me play a little bit more audio. I'll be right back. Oh no, it's over. Mr. Oakley, Mr. Oakley, would you care to comment on the Carl Gravenhorse case? Um, As you know, the DA's office has been accused of misconduct in the Gravenhorse case. Would you comment on the latest development? Uh, the Graven what? People are saying you're prosecuting an innocent man. Does the DA's office have something to hide? Well, what, um... Excuse me, excuse me, please let me through. Uh, that's my client you're talking about. And you are? I'm Saul Goodman, and Carl Gravenhorst is 100% innocent. The Albuquerque DA's office is perpetrating an outrageous miscarriage of justice. You're who? I'm Saul Goodman, and we are countersuing you and the entire Albuquerque DA's office for malicious persecution, unlawful detention, and abusive process. Seriously? Yeah, we'll take this all the way to the Supreme Court. By the time we're through, Carl Gravenhorst's name will be cleared, and, and we'll receive a settlement, a cash settlement. All right, enough. I've got to be in court. Go, if you must, but know this. We will meet again. I'm sorry, what'd you say your name was? I'm Saul Goodman, and I make it my business to defend the citizens of Albuquerque against injustices of every kind. (laughs) Wow, you must be really expensive, though. Not at all. I believe every man, woman, and child deserves speedy justice at a price they can afford. Do you have a card? Not for me, for a friend. Yes, uh, and please tell your friend that uh, I make no judgments, and I'm available 24 hours a day. Uh, Can I get one of those, sir? Oh, yeah. And I love how we get into the colors too. Saul's dressed in bright yellow coming up in this scene. And it's very it's I love the bright colors. Then we get Kim with one of her clients, and she got her client who is in a very difficult situation only five months. And she's basically telling him not to be a dumbass and take the five months. It's like, I'm gonna take a trial because I might get no time. And Jimmy comes over and sees what's going on in the situation. I'm taking the deal. Ooh, that's isn't he the punk who tried to sell a flat bed of hot mini fridges to an undercover cop? Where'd you get him? Five months. Five months with his priors? He should be on his knees thanking you. I'm trying to talk him out of going to trial. No, seriously. Seriously. You know what? No. No, we can fix this. And this is interesting. I mean, Jimmy 
gets a very fun idea here. And Kim immediately poo-poos this because she's very down on Jimmy. I wonder if, if, if he wasn't going full Saul Goodman here and kind of freaking her out, if she would have thought differently of him suggesting this. But right now in this moment, she's so scared and frightened by the man she's been seeing here that his mere suggestion of this and his his the the natural ability that he calmly suggests this freaks her out and i love it i i just love it i love this i love this interplay da's office okay i'm giving you what for you're giving me what for we'll be loud we will go over there we'll make a scene okay uh New evidence has come to light, and I'm pulling his deal with extreme prejudice. I'm pissed. I'm going to put him away permanently. I will push back hard. We'll have that punk on his knees begging for the five months. I don't think so. Come on, Kim. We can do this. Lead pipe cinch. He's the client. It's his decision. What good is it going to do me to tweeb away in Los Lunas, huh? You think he's a jackass now? Wait till he gets back from that clown college. To me, if we would have his wife and kid, that's them, right? What about them? If this isn't using our powers for good, I don't know what is. But Kim, we can do it. It'll work. I'm not scamming the clown. It'll work for Mesa Verde and Jimmy. I knew it, Cool Breeze. I was, I was wondering. You should have come down and, uh... <laughs> I have a beer for you. Off. And he's just, he's starting to get to that point where he can't comprehend her not agreeing to this right here. It's its interesting and it's sad knowing that their relationship is ultimately over unless she just gives in and changes 100%. But her individuality and her sense of honor that, sh that Howard and Chuck have instilled in her to a certain extent, she just can't get away from that. And I don't think she ever will. I don't think she'll fully embrace that dark side in the way that Jimmy did. I think she might occasionally, I think she's going to need to sever all contact from him. And maybe again, not die, but be dead to him in the sense that say, you're dead to me, Jimmy. Jimmy's dead. I can't know Saul Goodman. You know, something to that effect. Yeah, I'll see you at home. So she goes off and she goes and talks to her client. And like 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 cameras or or what you see is alright. I really couldn't say. We'll find out soon enough. And she plays the game that she says they took the deal off the table. Uh the deal is gone and she does it almost on automatic pilot. And he caves in and says, uh, can I get the, please, can I get the five months? And she goes, and it cuts kind of over there that she'll, she set it up so now she'll get her client to take the five months. And she runs into a very dark little blue room and has a moment of intensity and sadness as she realizes whether she's thinking about the monster she created in Jimmy, whether she's thinking about her own self and the fact that how influenced she is by this and how she doesn't want to be this person or how she realizes she maybe she needs to embrace this side of her. I don't know. I'm sure we'll see that decision and see how Kim 
how this all affects Kim moving forward. But I love that we had this moment. I agree with someone saying, or I don't agree. I understand what someone was saying earlier about it's. it was an interesting place to end that sort of ended in the middle of a thought. But I do think knowing that they were doing an episode two nights in a row, it's allowing it to be, it's going to feel like, you know, one big two night premiere. And I just think it's difficult these days because of the nature of, for me anyways, of the way I take in television shows, it's tough to watch shows week to week at all. And this show, the way it ended, like, it's it's like it waited so long for that and to end right there with Kim having that effective emotional moment. It may, just made me want more. Yep, that moment for Kim mirrored Jimmy's breakdown in the car of last year. So perhaps it's the bullshit taking shape. <laughs> taking shape within you, making you become one with it. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if she embraces her symbiotic bullshit nature or she alienates it and tries to alienate Jimmy because of it. But that's it, everybody. We, we're we back with Better Call Saul. As I mentioned, I'll be here every after every episode, some way, shape, or form, talking about this show. Let's talk about, is, is Jimmy Saul on meth? He seemed hyper plus yellow, the Breaking Bad scheme. I don't know if he's on meth, but I think he is high on this kind of life. He's high on being a bullshit artist. And when he's doing that, when he's full force in that, it's his happy place. It's like when you when you find that place where you feel the most you sometimes and you can do like me like me when I'm sitting here talking bullshit to all of you guys. When I'm just sitting here relaxing, blah, 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 I'm my happy point. Right now I happen to be drinking and, you know, smoking a little bit, but some could say I seem like, oh I don't fucking do doing a lot of coke because I'm all over the place. I'm like, ha. But no, I'm just smoking and drinking and and in my happy place, so it seems I seem uppity. So I think Jimmy in his ultimate happy place is being a bullshit artist, Saul Goodman like character, and he's there. So we're seeing him, you know, full on in all ways, shapes, and forms. So everyone, if you've enjoyed this, I will be on again tomorrow evening or tonight if you're watching this during the day after the second episode on Monday evening. Same time at about 11.30 p.m. to talk about the episode some more. Maybe Joe Dirty Locks by that point will have left us a voicemail or something. I know he's working again tomorrow night, so he'll have to deal with me alone again tomorrow. But I have to get up. I have a full day of work tomorrow, so I have to I have to go to bed and get up and do work-like things in the morning and then come home and get ready to watch another episode of Better Call Saul. I would love to have a beer with you maybe someday next time you come through Knoxville. I would love that as well. Next time I travel, whenever I do travel, I try to put it out here that where I'm going to be in case I'm near any of you live motherfucking chatters. I'm always down to get together and have a drink. That would be amazing, Cool Breeze. John Doe, have a good night. Anyone else that's checked in this evening, thank you so much for checking this out. And anyone that's checking this out at a later date, if you haven't already and you enjoyed this, Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Share this channel with a friend. Help pass around the word. It's harder than ever these days to get a people's eyes. So if you like the silliness that we do here, please help spread the word about this video or this channel and or this podcast. Thank you, SM. Great to see you, buddy. And I will be back tomorrow night. And then also be back very soon with more silliness. 
I do have to play some catch up with Picard, eventually with the Vikings, and now the Walking Dead's on the catch up list too. Maybe I have to do a whole catch up show, a catch up roundabout, talking about many things. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but yes, I'll be back tomorrow night, guys. Same bat time, same bat channel. Later. Better motherfucking better call. Motherfucking foul. Where is it? Where's the button? Where's the fucking button? The fucking button. Welcome back, everybody. This Welcome episode, back to yes, 50% this off. Better Call Saul, Season 5, off. Episode 2, 50% off. The Season 5 premiere, Night 2. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit late this evening. Uh, I didn't know that it was going to be on at 9 o'clock, so I made plans earlier in the evening, and so I was out, and I didn't get back until closer, and then I realized, actually, the episode had aired at 9. I guess that will be its... I'm hoping that's its regular time period, but I remember certain seasons... Better Call Saul has aired at 10 p.m., so I was a little bit confused, but next week I will be on right after the episode airs. Sorry about that. I watched the second second one, and then, this is just my insanity working. Then I realized, as someone in the live motherfucking chat, because I'm not alone, I have with me the live motherfucking chat. <laughs> one of those folks had said, excuse me if anyone heard that. <laughs> Someone said, oh, you can DVR it, or you didn't DVR it. I did, and I realized that about halfway through the episode. That's why I'm on a little bit earlier than anticipated now. So, whatever. That's a whole bunch of mess for not a whole bunch of crap. But another awesome episode of Better Call Saul. I like this as a second episode of the season, preceding the storylines along. A lot of interesting stuff, a lot of texture kind of stuff going on in this particular episode. We got Nacho brought back into the story, and he seems to be someone, at least from my perspective, on the show that creates a lot of emotion around his fate. If any of the characters that we care about are to disappear, potentially, Nacho is one of them, and I hope not, as they're doing a lot to make us like him. Just like Nacho's trying to make Lalo like him by turning into Batman and jumping roof to roof and stealing drugs and doing all sorts of awkward intangibles, and I like that about Nacho. Uh, Mike, Mike, what what's up with Mike yelling at yelling at uh, Haley there? Mean pup pup, come on, asshole, hold that inside. But yes, we see another side of Mike tonight, which is interesting to see what Mike can. What kind of person Mike will get when the pressure is on? He is someone that leaves Kaylee in the in the uh, in the playground alone to flee when when push comes to fucking shove. So of course, when she pushes a little too hard, he'll push a little hard on her too. But th I thought that was an interesting scene, and the Jimmy in Kim stuff is is also very interesting, and we'll go through that, but I think on some level, oh, here we go, here we go, here I am, I, here I am. The, the Jimmy and Kim stuff is very much just a, a pot boiling. It's, it's gonna get there, it's gonna get to that insane point, but it's not quite there yet. Mike is one of the best characters, if not the best character. I, I'm here, the video is here, don't, don't worry, you have to deal with my goofy ass for a little bit. Let, let me put, let me put the camera off for one more second though. Okay, so I will, I'll be back in a moment. Uh, on camera, I mean. So, 
this was a great second episode of the season to see the direction. We see Hector in this particular episode as well, back in full Hector from Breaking Bad form. Uh, we see that really sick side of Gus that I don't know how just that threat to Nacho or the threat of possibly hurting his family. There's there's a lot of intensity going on around that and again around the Nacho's fate and the fate of his family because I think that's one of the un similar to Saul's relationship with Kim. And and yes, I do know we have a voicemail from Jay and if anyone else wants to leave a voicemail, you can do that in it at 781-990-8509. And that's not just while the show is live. If you want to get in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, about pretty much any television show or any drunk dialing that you want to and just let those issues fly, you can use that hotline. Text me random shit. Leave me voicemails like this. Uh, Jay, I will play your message later. But you can you can also leave me messages like, like this if you want. This is a message I got earlier this evening. I mean, that's that's a wonderful mess. I have no problem with that message. You can blow up my voicemail line with Ooga Boogas if you want. It's okay. Uh, so whatever you want to do on the issues hotline, I, I can't promise I'll play every single one of those. I'll play this occasional one. Or I'll play one and say it was a thousand times. But whatever. You, you get the point. And uh, so, but the Kim in and Jimmy stuff is interesting because I don't think we're going to see closure or much being dealt with that to, to substantially to a certain extent or it's coming to a head till the middle point of this season. And I think when it does come to a head, it's going to come to a big head. It's or is she going to learn to deal with it? I, I think it could go possibly in two different directions. I think that's why we had the scene with them looking at the house tonight. Because, and, and I think, I'm going to play Jay's message here in a second, but because I, I read a little bit of the preview. I, I think it might be might be in reference to what I'm talking about here. But I, I think it's interesting that we saw Kim looking at the house, looking at that future that could possibly exist, that theoretically could exist in the Breaking Bad timeline. I don't know if that was a little goosing of people like me that thinks that Kim might still be around, or if that was just Jimmy being an idealistic person in that moment, thinking he could have that, and it's the dream he'll never get. I don't know. And, uh, oh my goodness, I thought... I thought I saw the whole season. Am I tripping? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe you took some magic mushrooms. It is possible. Mm -mm -mm. I think Kim is going to get hooked on meth. Very possible. Anything is possible here with the fate of Kim and the fate of Nacho. We basically, realistically, we know the fate of most of the characters and what is to happen. And, and again, this isn't taking anything away from it, but it's... It's, I'm talk, I was talking about this last night, that prequel-itis-ness that exists for some people, it's a real condition, I have it sometimes, when they talk about, when Lalo's talking to Hector about the, the what is Gus building, what is Gus doing, that's not as interesting to me as seeing the fate of Jimmy and Kim's relationship, or seeing, and this is just personally to me, or seeing how Nacho's story wraps up, or seeing how Mike in Nacho's relationship develops, because it's something I haven't seen, or I'm not sure where it ends. The Gus situation with with the Salamancas, you, you, you know the 
the beats of that. It's interesting. I'm having fun with it. And to some people, that's the most interesting part of the show. I know I've talked to a lot of people that what they love, and this is what's cool about a show like Better Call Saul. Some people like that new stuff or the 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 different, the, the lower key human dynamic stuff. And then in these later half of the season, since they've introduced Gus, they've really been able to bring in that breaking badness feeling into it to a certain extent and to learn more about the cartels and learn more about Gus and hopefully eventually learn more about what happened in Santiago. Like like all that, all those little things that they're dropping to add more weight to the universe and weight to that stuff I, into, into Breaking Bad and making Breaking Bad a fuller show through this show. And I like that a lot. And, and I'm not, and I, I don't, that's, that's what I want to be clear that I'm not saying fuck that shit, but the stuff that really gets me on this show and the questions that I really have have that need to be answered or are the what happens to Kim? What's Jimmy's storyline? Story How much of Jimmy's left in Saul that Saul that we see? How does how does uh, does Jesse meet meet him initially before uh, silly stuff like that? But mm mm mm. But yes, so I'm ve- I'm very excited about so much coming up in this season. Let's go. Good evening, Big E. Oh, but I I don't know if I properly introduced these motherfuckers. I'm not alone. Joe Dirty Locks wishes he could be with us tonight. I have a brief little voicemail uh, that Joe Joe, if you're watching this, you know you know Joe. Call the voicemail hotline and leave the fucking voicemail because I have it on my fucking phone and for some reason I'm trying to. I, I got wires over here. I'm trying to hook this up to the the board, and it's not fucking working. So so I have to. So I'm gonna like play the voice message into the, into the phone here. And th- that's really gonna fuck with my sandwich eating. So l- let's before we go any further, let's let's go over to here. Let's let's listen to our good boy. Oh, good boy, Joe Dirty Locks. But I forgot to mention, I am not alone. Joe might be with me. We might do a podcast on Thursday afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what. Why do I have to say it like that? Why can't I just announce it? Why does it have to be a whisper? Why can't Why can't I advertise? Everybody, there might be a show on Thursday afternoon with Joe and Phil talking about Picard and and also uh, getting a little bit of Joe's thoughts on that other show. Uh, what is it? Uh, what did Joe think? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? What did Joe? To answer your uh, question, Jay, the show will air on Mondays. I believe – I don't know if it's going to be 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. I really don't know that. I know it – in my memory of the last time it aired, it was at 10 p.m., but I could be wrong, and it could be 9 to 10. I'm hoping that they they brought it to 9, but it, Monday nights is the night that Better Call Saul will live. You're not late. We haven't even started. <laughs> I need someone to do it for me. Timothy, she was in all blue in this episode. And, and Timothy, great pickup in the sense that all those little things on this show matter. That's one of those things I love so much about Better Call Saul. So let me let me get let me do this first before I forget later as I start to get tired later. Uh, let me play Joe's voicemail. I'm just gonna turn up my microphone. I'm turning up my microphone. And then I'm gonna play the voicemail. <laughs> so here we go. Uh let me know in the chat if you can't hear this. Hey, this is a voicemail for 
Thanks, to Joe Dirty Locks, who was uh, oh, <laughs> shut up, shut the fuck up, Joe. Uh, thanks to Joe Dirty Locks, who was on his way to work, good enough to leave us a voicemail and say hi to everybody. Cheers to Joe, who hopefully will be on this week on Thursday afternoon, as he has Wednesday evening off. So we'll try to get in with Joe this week uh, to get you guys some fun. Joe, maybe rant a little bit about this week's episode of The Walking Dead. We'll we'll, so we'll see about that. We can't. We can't. I can make no promises on a Joe rant. They they have to be organic. <laughs> so, uh, call, yeah, callers tell the dynamics absolutely are in the Breaking Bad universe, and it's something that is stuck stuck around through this whole through the whole series. And I think it's one of those things that is that they've explored even more on Better Call Saul. It's definitely something that has was well explored on Breaking Bad, but it's one of those. One of those traits of the show that has carried through and been expanded on. Same with the the montage, the music montage that we got an exceptional one again this evening. They just keep topping it. We got the fear and loathing in Las Vegas part at some point that was that was fucking well edited, like an Oliver Stone movie at times. It really cool stuff. But fill the issues, guy. If Kim doesn't die, do you think? a show about where she goes after Better Call Saul would be something you would want to watch. If Kim doesn't die, maybe webisodes or something like that. I don't know. Yes, if Vince... I'll say this. if I know he said that after this he wants to kind of go away from this universe and do, do some other something completely different. I've heard him talking about that. But if they ever touch on in this universe again, I wouldn't mind seeing some some more stories in this universe in some fashion uh because i know if he's going to do it he's going to do it right even something with el camino and those are the people that maybe think it's unnecessary even most of the people that i've heard talk about it that might say yeah whatever can't generally don't deny that it's competent and well done and doesn't take anything away from the universe except for maybe not I don't I mean I, personally I don't see it taking away anything it's a lot of people the biggest complaint I hear for it is it's not something that was needed maybe it could have been a few episodes in like a like a good complaint you know maybe it could have been a mini series instead of a, a two hour movie or something but my point is if they're going to choose to go back to this world this whole team they're going to come up with something good so it's it's one of those things that 
I don't want to whinge too much about. <laughs> so if they if they think there's enough interesting stuff, but personally, if you're asking me, because you know I can't answer a simple fucking question, I do think the Kim character is interesting enough, and I would like to see where her character goes after all of this. But I think it's also something to do with the dynamic that her and Bob Odenkirk have on screen uh, together that creates something unique. And I'm not sure if. Maybe if uh, Saul could be a guest appearance on it a little bit. El, Mc El Camino was really cool. I loved it. Platoon was amazing. Great movie. Oh, go Joe. Miss you, man. John Doe has a very good point here. The book end of episode two were broken gnome on the ground and dropped ice cream cones symbolizing the end of good times. Mm. I loved my El Camino too. But like, the, the, like I said, the only – someone commented on the El Camino – one of my El Camino video recently, and I'm not going to give the ju justice to the commenter because I'm not giving their name. But if you're listening to this, you know, because I responded and I'm giving you credit for, for making your point, taking your point that the only complaint I'll give about El Camino, and it's not a complaint. It's a selfish bastard thing that I feel like I wanted even more. I feel like I could have dealt with a, two episodes of a, of a Breaking Bad television style series in that war and i know vince wanted to do a movie there was something about the, the appeal of doing that putting it in the theater uh, a new challenge and in, in that kind of format but like i could have dealt with two or three episodes of jesse hanging out with skinny pete and badger and 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 hiding him and hijinks do some uh weekend and bernie's kind of stuff i don't know just just funny ways of hiding jesse but i mean i'm kidding to a certain extent but i feel like there's some areas of that of uh El Camino where selfishly I feel like I could have wanted more especially when you watch how measured and and how much Better Call Saul can take its time and still produce great content. An episode like tonight's episode really like, some interesting stuff happened it, in, in a lesser series this could be a okay whatever stuff happened this episode but it, but every moment and, and that's what I mean to say with like the Hector and the Lalo scene where you know what they're talking about. Everyone knows. There's an elephant in the room that everyone that's seen Breaking Bad knows exactly what the that he's building something. But it's still two great actors in a well-filmed scene with with great audio, with the bell ringing and stuff. It it gives you enough. They don't mail in any scene, even with information that is known. The show home scenes was sad. Shows what could have been if if Jimmy had fled straight. I agree and. I'm choosing because I'm delusional to hope that it it's good times to come for Jimmy. Every season has Jimmy looking for real estate for the two of them, right? Some form of real estate. That's a that's a very good point, Lily of the Fox Valley. Aliens, Brian Todd. It's definitely aliens. I think Kim does not die. It's so much more tragic for her to be in the world, but not with Jimmy. I think I agree with Melly on that a hundred percent. I think that the fate realistically i mean i'm playing harry hopeful i'm i'm putting on my uh my dark sunglasses here and i'm like i'm playing harry hopeful here and i'm hoping that the best of things that that kim and jimmy make it in this world <laughs> no like you know what i'm saying like i'm 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 playing that i'm, I'm gonna say devil's advocate cupid's advocate here that somehow it works out that she accepts jimmy for who he is and the end of this series isn't so much except for the gene stuff but 
the, the end of the Jimmy and Kim saga, essentially, is her accepting him as this bullshit artist and understanding that she has, has to compartmentalize things to a certain extent. And he has his life, she has his life, but they live in a place together and they, they, they make a life together until the time of Walter White screwing all of that up. But that's not going to be the case. That's really not going to be the case. What's going to happen most likely is Kim is going... Jimmy is going to be dead to Kim at some point. Once she realizes or she's going to whatever him, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I'm being totally Harry hopeful here. I'm wearing my dark sunglasses. Actually, this, is, this isn't bad. I mean, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start being that guy. Or, or as the wrinkles build up a little bit more, when, when I have like big rings under my eyes, I'll pretend to be cooler than I really am and wear the sunglasses. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll check your message in one moment before I get into recap, Jay. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on. Time for the recap. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I love you, Jay. Here we go. Let's play Jay's message right now because it's probably relevant to Kim's stuff. And, uh, and and we haven't heard Jay's, Jay in a little bit. Kim is a dead bird, says Hannibal. And uh, I am Harry Hopeful. I'm totally Harry Hopeful. These are like uh, De Niro playing playing Al Capone in uh, The Untouchables sunglasses here. You pretty boy. You fucking pretty boy. Promises. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Sorry, Jay. Hey, what's up, fellas? Jay. Hey, Jay. Uh, I have one little problem with your theory that, like, Kim is, like, alive and, like, they're married now. If he, if Saul has a wife, I know we don't find out much about his home life in Breaking Bad, but don't you think at some point when he's doing all these things, they would have just gone, hey, I got to get home to the old lady or, like, something? Because he's, like, always out doing whatever, like, he doesn't seem like he has someone at home that, like, is, like, wanting him to come home or whatever. You have a girlfriend. I think if you just, like, just spent, like, a whole week just, like, never coming home or something, at some point your girl would call you and be like, where are you? Why don't you come home or something like that? Like, I just think there are clues, even without showing his home life, that shows that he didn't have a wife. So I'm not sure if Kim is dying or they just break up and she goes somewhere else or something like that. Like maybe she got like uh, uh, taken, like, you know, she went to like a big firm in a whole different city or something like that. It just doesn't seem like she's around when Breaking Bad yeah. time has come. Not like, oh, she was around the whole time. They just didn't show his home life. Yeah. This is my thought. All right, later. Yeah, I mean, Jay, most likely you are absolutely correct. And I think... The clues are that Saul doesn't really have anybody. We don't see him too often, but we do see that he's constantly working. The He does really fight for his life when he thinks he is at risk at the beginning of the season when we first meet him. But again, my my defense or my, my devil's advocate or angel's advocate here is basically keeps coming down to we don't see enough of Saul to really know anything. All he rarely said of his home life, I believe he said to Walter or somebody at some point in Breaking Bad that he something about being divorced twice or something. So we know he bullshits to them and would never let any of his clients know what's really going on in his life, let alone one he does not trust. Uh, so 
it's it's just a hard thing. Again, I tend to agree with you. I just want to be clear. I don't think Kim and Jimmy are married or together in the Breaking Bad timeline. That would be a stretch. It would be a big stretch. I I guess all I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying I'm doing that classic ripping some stupid bullshit out of my ass and saying, "Oh, but it's possible." I don't know, Jimmy. We don't really see it much of Saul after that. Like, we only see Saul at the office. We see him in... Do we see Saul anywhere else but the office or or showing up at the car wash once or twice to talk to Skylar? We never see him at home. We don't follow him like we follow the White family or Jesse or even Gus to a certain extent or... Uh, Gail or Mike we Saul is very much a cardboard cutout to in a lot of ways on Breaking Bad but but I don't know oh but I don't know we only see him in that environment so it's it's just it's it's just one of those bullshit things I like to kind of put out there but I realistically speaking Jay I think you're 100% right no way Kim is in the picture during Breaking Bad, Phil. Get your head out of your ass. I, I added a few colorful metaphors to what John Doe was <laughs> saying right there to, to me. <laughs> the, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> Why am I still wearing these sunglasses? This is stupid. Uh, yes, but Saul could have had Kim at home, but stuff was so bad they were avoiding each other. We were about to see Crazy Eight get flipped by Hank. Was was Hank the bald guy that we saw running in there? We spoiler alert. F- fast forward five seconds or five or ten seconds in this video, or pause if you don't want spoilers. One, two, three. It's been announced uh, several times in many publications that Hank is in fact on this season. So. Hey, hey, Rom, great to see you in the live motherfucking chat. So, I think I think now's about time as any. It's uh I've 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 meandered about, I've babbled and babbled and chowdered. I don't, I don't know, babbled and chowdered. <laughs> That's a reach. But here I go. Recap! Recap! Okay, I'm tired. It's been a long day. It's been a long day, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I don't want to whine. I don't want to whinge here, but I want to see. Let's look because I'm curious. I occasionally do some some walking, just like a crazy person. I just walk around town. You you ever want to bump into me? You can drive around my town and watch. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I walked 11.22 miles today. 11.22 miles, and I wasn't in Vegas, but I am announcing right now, everybody, on the live motherfucking show here. Hi, everybody. Anyone that watches this, if you're a live motherfucking chatter, and uh, you happen to be going to be in Vegas, when, when is it? When, when am I going? I'm sorry. Here's a quick announcement here. Quick announcement of, uh, I think it's uh, March 10th through March Friday, March 13th. Ooh, Friday the 13th. I'm going to be in uh, Vegas on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. If you're going to be in Las Vegas in any of those dates, please p- message me privately at igotissuesman at gmail.com. If you want to meet somewhere and get a motherfucking drink, maybe lose some money at Blackjack together or something. But whatever. 
If anyone happens to be in that area around then and wants to hang out, please do. And I promise I won't start screaming, RECAP! Well, I might. If I win a hand or something, I'll be like, RECAP THAT! There we go. Was Hank in Breaking... Uh, yeah, Hank is is uh, is Walter's brother-in-law. Uh, one of the main uh, the main group. The guy that gets sh Breaking Bad. Spoiler. Uh, the guy who gets shot uh, fighting the twins and a whole bunch of shit, yes. The Walking Dead made me do a ton of meth and just crashed my car. Another great episode tonight, says Rom. I agree. What's worth, Negan and Alvin naked or Huel and Howard Hamlin in the scene together? Uh, I would say anything involving The Walking Dead is worse than anything involving uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, Hank came out and came out in t tonight's episode. I saw a bald, stocky guy during the raid. Me too. That's what I was... <laughs> Melly, uh, Melly, I'm with you in that. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fully back up anything Melly decides to do in the live motherfucking chat right now with, uh, with Jay in the chat. So here we go. Recap of this episode. Is there still music going on? <laughs> That's a very angry guy on that song right there. He's angry. Uh, why does Howard want to have lunch with Jimmy? Probably he wants to do some sort of honoring Chuck thing in needing Jimmy involved. Or he wants to celebrate him. Howard really give him some work, possibly. Uh, Howard, we've talked about this throughout the series. It got a little mixed up. It got a little weird. But Howard thinks of Jimmy as a little pet sometimes in, in some ways. I think he has affinity for Jimmy. So, uh, so... It'll be interesting to see how that expands. I like how they keep, they're keeping Howard involved because I like the actor. I think he gives an, a very interesting, unique performance in this role. Uh, and a lot, a lot of layers. That's my word when talking about the show. Layers and textures and, and anything that doesn't have to do with television and has to do with food or clothing or something. I don't know. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. Or at, dude, or fucking at. And, uh, yes, get, uh, Hank was one of the main antagonists, protagonists, characters on, uh, Breaking Bad. He was the, he was one of the core four, the core four, what is this, not fucking, uh, OC? <laughs> core four, guys! Is that the right show? Core four? Some, someone OC correct me here. Do I think, uh, I feel like this is a setup. Do I think Vince Gilligan is a good director and filmmaker? I think he is definitely a good, good uh, show, show creator or, or head of the showrunner. I think he's the best television showrunner in the business. Specifically as a director, filmmaker, comparatively to, you know, like the Coen brothers, Martin Scorsese, uh, Quentin Tarantino, as a direct filmmaker, I don't think it's, it's not the same medium, in a sense. I think Vince is at his best when, when controlling, being the puppet master, and having other, other people work creatively, but kind of always having his hand in it. I think he is an excellent director. He directed the final episode of Breaking Bad and obviously El Camino was all his baby in some ways. But I, I think uh, I think Vince Vince has an exceptionally awesome movie in him at some point in time that's going to be something completely different and out there because I think he wants that challenge and he will do that, I believe. But I think he's the best showrunner in 
for me almost in television history because because it's two shows now I, I know peter gould essentially is but th this is both of them uh so yeah No, El Camino was a good push at the director, director's side. I, I agree, and it was good to see him flex that. And I think that's what was important to have it be a movie. I think he really is up for that challenge. And I think he is a great television director uh, and a great... I don't think that's his... I think it's something he can get better at, and he needs to... He wants to prove to himself that he can do something big. So it would be cool to see him do some other project even though i love the breaking bad universe i'm very curious to see where he takes his talents but i think what makes breaking bad so amazing i i throw a lot of credit to vince and if i ever talked to him i would lick his labia all up and down the place right but it is this whole team it's it's a perfect storm of a really awesome creative team that likes to work together and creates a product that works back to back here Pinkman, Pinkman will absolutely show up. I agree. Yeah, Breaking Bad was directed amazingly. Oh, Del Toro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, uh, fucking every. Yeah, I'm gonna say him. Uh, I'm gonna say his name. Uh, the 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 classic director of the Last Jedi. They are killed it on some Breaking Bad episodes. Directing as well. One of my favorite episodes of all Breaking Bad. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ozzy Man. Ozzy Mandias. Robert! Great to see you, Robert. Mwah. This this board gives you a kiss. I will assimilate you right in your bum. Mwah, 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 you sexy bitch. There we go. Uh, love you, Robert. Great to see you in the live motherfucking chat. Okay, so let's kick into this shit. Uh, one positive, if anyone checked out last night's podcast and you listened to some of those or audio clips. What was I going to say? Oral? If you listen to some of that oral... <laughs> What? If you listen to some of that oral, if you listen to some of those audio clips, it was all scratchy. It was itchy and scratchy. But I was able to fix that. I figured it out. <laughs> Didn't smooches to you, buddy. Didn't take long for Saul to get put in Nacho's world. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. Sorry, Melly. Sorry, Melly. You can, you can, you can, we'll, we'll make you dinner too, you know? We'll dance, make some dinner, and for everybody to share, we'll make a buffet while we go into the other room. Okay, so they have better show that damn arcade and give us reason for Saul loving that place so damn much. I'm doing, I'm, I'm imagining that in Jay's words. Okay, guys, so here we go. Let's get into this shit. Give someone, give me some fucking music here. Can you, Borg sound man? Fail. <laughs> I'm assimilating. No one cares. Only you like that because you're fucking stupid. So, uh, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? I, I have to, I'm still out of the, I'm still out of slight practice here getting all my shit together. So here we go. There we go. There's some porn music. I'm ready. I want some porn. Vince directs episode eight. Yes. And I've heard through the bullshit, uh, I, I don't even want to tell you. Like, sometimes such fucked up shit goes through my mind that I want to say. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to let it flow. But then sometimes it's so fucked up the way I want to word something. But I read in an article somewhere that uh, the people that have pre-seized, previewed a lot of the season that that particular episode that Vince directs is a is a big episode for the series. A lot, something, a lot of huge things happen in that episode. 
I'm gonna play some fucking Motorhead. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll play, play. How about, how about play, play this? Can, can I, can I play this? Do, do I know, do I know how to do this? No, no, I, I don't see. I, I wanted to play something else. I wanted to play open with group Windows Mute Movie Player. Play this shit. Okay, here's a. It's some music from our good buddy Hannibal. <laughs> Who did Saul plan on hosting for movie night at his house? <laughs> Ernie and Huel. Uh, Cuddy, maybe Cuddy. You know, you, you never can tell. <laughs> might might be might be uh Kim and uh some some of the guys at the uh what's what's his what's his secretary's name uh forget her name here we go okay everybody this is the, this is uh your Hannibal O'Neill in the live motherfucking chat playing some lead fucking guitar he wrote this. There we go. So this 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 uh, hippie activity break is brought to you by Hannibal. Thank you, Hannibal. Uh, for, so here we go. Let's get into this fucking recap here. Yeah, damn, Hannibal can shred. Sorry, it's been a while. Like Hannibal sent me that months ago to to play. Uh, who's he? It was awesome enough to send me some sound clips. I I asked him to send me send me some stuff here and there. And I've had it just sitting on my computer because I because I've been a lazy motherfucker. That's why you know I want to say I've been busy. You know I've been busy. But what really means for you guys, the people that actually like watching my me, is that I've been lazy. So uh, so so fuck me. And there we go. There's some uh, there's some Hannibal shredding for you motherfuckers. There you go. So. So let's go, let's continue here. Let's continue. Let me let me get back to this stupid Joe uh, J Joe loop here, because it makes me want to recap. Yes, it does. So we open up right where we left off last night with him giving us fifty percent deal, and uh, and and how could I not play some sound clips from Better Call Saul when it actually doesn't sound like shit? So let's try this. Special discounts. Um, uh, for the next uh, two weeks, um, nonviolent felonies, 50% uh, off. Yeah. Okay. I'll take one. Yeah, that's for you. 50% off. Yeah, all right. Now we got some takers. There you are. Oh, yeah. Who else? 50% off. There you are. You know, even if I don't play the sound cues, I just want to say, ah. You know, it doesn't sound like I don't even want to compare it. I was gonna play something from last night just for comparison's sake. Oh, feels so much better. Okay, so we open up right where we left off, and we focus on them. We focus on two guys coming out of this that are. I mean, 
they're very they're funny characters. I love these I love these two idiots. They're a cross between uh, the dude where's my car guys and Badger and Skinny Pete. Whatever. We get an interesting montage of them being fucked up and just causing causing shit because they can have a 50% off lawyer. They know they have a 50% off lawyer, so they're going to go around and go get fucked up and have some fuck, fucked up times. Mm-mm-mm. So, the editing in this scene was exceptional. This is one of those examples where, where you can shoot something awesome, you can direct something awesome, but if you don't have really tight editing that can pull off scenes like this, it's just not going to work. The timing's so important. And the intensity was up. Fun camera angles. Really fucked up. This could have been stupid on the wrong show. But instead it was fucked up and awesome. As they steal a gnome. Jump fences and steal shit. And they wake up the next day. And uh, we get this funny dude where's my car po- moment. Tuesday. When is it dude? Tuesday. Well, you know what that means? 50% off! <laughs> uh-huh, 50% off, dude. Dishes are done, dude. And then we get the broken gnome. So we come back in, and we're in Nacho's house. Someone comes someone comes in, and they're fucking with him, and they, and they grab him. And, I mean... I could talk through this scene point for point. It's 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 filmed exceptionally well and it's done well in a scary way as Nacho tries to figure out uh, who is coming at him. But it's Gus. Yo, it's Gus. Gus, he's in the fam. Gus wants to know, wants him to know that his family could be hurt. He doesn't necessarily hurt his family in this moment. But Gus comes into the car and lays the shit on the line. Oh, I just got a voicemail. I see who that voicemail's from. Motherfucker. Yeah. Can't wait. We got a, we got an ex, a fun voicemail coming up, hopefully. Uh, if, I, if it transcribed right, it did. And uh, we did not lose the voicemail. Occasionally, I end up losing calls, but this one was not lost. So, uh so awesome very excited to hear from this person and uh get them back in the mix here for this season of better call Saul. and p- part of me wants to save it for uh, for when joe's on here but uh but joe will be back and we'll play these stuff as well so let's play a little bit more of this audio as gus comes into the okay. car i get it just tell me what you want me to do Lalo Salamanca. I need to know where he is going, what he is thinking, what he is planning. I need to know what he's going to do before he does it. I've been trying, okay? He doesn't tell me shit. He just keeps talking about some guy named Werner Ziegler and some gringo Michael, that's it. Gain his confidence. Make him rely on you. How? What's interesting, and I didn't really realize this then, is Nacho has a lot more control than... He, he knows how to play people. Because he is lying to Gus here, in a sense. Not 
not about the important stuff, but he does know who Mike is. He's just like some some uh, some gringo named Mike. Like he knows Mike. He's he has a relationship with Mike. So so there is some deception. So whatever spider sense television criminal spider sense stuff that Gus possesses that we've been established in Breaking Bad that he has and it extends here to a certain extent or he's at least learning it learning his lessons that he'll know not to make the next time uh, he he is probably getting a sense that there is some deception here but but anyways he wants to make sure he Nacho is on his side and he reports to him and he does something to get himself closer to Lalu to make Lalu respect him more. And then Victor gets back in the car as they flash the lights a couple times and say, no dead dad. And uh, Victor's like, oh, your dad's a nice guy. You know, I, I, I dig your dad. Your dad's not too bad. I, I, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a fun one. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> get me that job. Get me that audition, Brian. I I I'll be I'll be as uh I'll be like a a some duty beats up. I don't care. <laughs> get me in there. Get me get me in the room. Get me in the room. I'll get the pot. I'll get the pot, Brian Dodd. Get me the audition. I'll make it fucking happen. I want to do it. I want. I want to rag on myself. I want to watch something that I was in and come out here and totally trash my performance. That's what I want. That's a dream now. I. I have a dream. I'm still gonna do it with the play. I'm gonna get an audio clip of. Uh, I, have, I have one section. I have the. I have the monologue I did, and I have a. I have a. Uh, a fencing match that was in it in there. And at some point, when we get Joe, we're gonna watch those, and, and we're gonna have Joe do his thing about it. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Okay, let's continue. So uh, Gus wants Nacho to tell him all his all the all his secrets. Lalu's secrets. Tell me, tell me your secrets. Then we oh we get the light flashes. One padiddle, which means no murder today. Gus gets out. Victor gets in. Says your dad's a nice dude. So then we get into Kim, who's looking in her closet for room, and because because uh, Saul is taking up all the space, you fucking asshole. And uh, we get we get this little uh, interaction. I have this right. Uh, a Mr. Bertram Moran, A.K.A. BMO, claims that you solicited him for the purchase of narcotics when, in fact, you were simply enjoying a big gulp in the park when he approached and attempted to sell to you. Turn off that commercial. Oh, I got a live one. <clears throat> Yes, PJ. Go ahead. So, I mean, again, I can play a lot of this, but there's not much. They're they're just pot, great, great, well put together scenes. But it's I mean, we could play every we could play every moment. I could play you every line. <laughs> I recorded it. Saul Goodman, speedy justice for you. <laughs> I mean, it's funny shit. Watch the episode. It's great. Jimmy keeps trying to contact more clients, get more clients, get more work, and Kim can't even look at him. I mean, that's really what this scene's all about. Excuse me. She's trying to pretend here, but she's already given up in this relationship. The minute all of this happened, everything that came to head at the end of season four, and the way she's looking at him now, 
I'm sorry. Whether it's when we're young or when we're when we're in the lead half of having a long term relationship, that's reached. We've all had people look at us this way, the way that Kim's looking at Jimmy. That, that's what, again what I love about this show—the truth behind a lot of this stuff. We've, I, at least I've felt it. I, I mean, sometimes you can get it back. <laughs> and she's looked at Jimmy this way before, but not as intensely and as with so much finality to it that it seems right. Uh, and I, and it's sad to see because I don't think Jimmy is completely aware of it at this point. And that's, what's going to make when she does disappear, what, however she disappears when she, when she decides that she's done with the situation and Jimmy is living on cloud nine, if he thinks that they have a true future, when it gets to that point, it's going to be such destruction, the final piece of humanity that's left inside of Jimmy. The final piece of... And again, I don't like such simple terms because I think, as, I, as I've said before, it's all, all of him. <laughs> but in the sense of the of what symbolizes the good in him. You know, any any minor morality to try to do the right thing sometimes, even with his evil powers, is gone when Kim is gone. Because I think it's going to be a huge fall for him. And then all the pain is going to hit him. Finally, he'll be hit by the truck. Finally, he'll be hit by everything. And he'll completely shut down and, and fall completely into that persona. Right around the time when we meet Walter. <laughs> and then that sing signals the end of his life, which equals into the Gene timeline, which maybe ends with i don't know again i'm just throwing shit out the wind now we know he's going to deal with the taxi guy we didn't obviously didn't get any more of that i hope they break the norm this season i've said this every season uh, you can, again you can go back and listen to these podcasts please go back and listen to these podcasts they're all here on youtube go back and listen to our better call saul recaps right back since season one but I feel like I've said in every season I want more of the black and white stuff. I want more of the Cinnabon, Saul, the Gene stuff. And as we're reaching the second to last season here, the penultimate season, I think people just want an excuse to say that word sometimes. Or I do. I just want an excuse to say that word. Uh, it feels dirty. <laughs> but <laughs> my pen, it's ultimate. <laughs> but I feel like we should have one more of those scenes this season. But most likely, realistically speaking, we won't see what happens with the taxi driver situation until the beginning of next season. If if we're if everything is consistent, and then maybe we'll get a a lot more of that. I'm I'm kind of feeling like we will get a whole episode of that in the final season. But again, that's just my fucking shit. But I think it happens long before he meets Walter. Very, uh, it could happen long before he meets Walter. That's just the uh, I the years of watching too many fu fucking Disney movies and '80s sitcoms where everything works out even is stuck inside me somewhere. You know, as much as much as a show like certain shows, Oz, Deep Space Nine, The Sopranos, kind of changed my core of what you can expect from a television show. I'm still ingrained with shows like Cheers and fucking uh, 
in the like of that era where everything's tidy and ends with a bow to a certain extent. And, and even the dramas at that time, you know, every episode of Quantum Leap. I mean, not every episode ended happy, especially not the last episode. Spoiler alert. No one was happy. Hmm. Especially the fans. Okay, so Kim's in the closet. She hates Jimmy. So we're followed up with an excellent camera angle as she's in her car getting ready, finally finding a moment of peace as Jimmy rips on in. He says, oh, come on a second. We got to go somewhere. I've got some shit to show you. Just three blocks from here. Right there. Look, I, <laughs> I know you got to get to work. This will only take a couple minutes. Please, just drive. If we go right now, it'll be over like that. Which way? Take a right. So this is the point where she takes him to where they go to the house. They pull into this awesome driveway. They look at it. He's got like 45 clients now. Maybe one day they'll have a house like this. It would be amazing. They check out the house. Jimmy's living the dream. And uh, she falls into it again here in the middle. She's conflicted. And she's trying to set up her boundaries. She's like, Jimmy, I know you were trying to help, but, but stay the fuck away from me. I mean, my clients. I don't want to lie to my clients. You're talking about the fridge guy? That was, that was a dumb idea. I mean, all my clients. Basically, stay the fuck away from me is what she's saying. And she's trying to, because she loves Jimmy. And even if she gets to a point where she can't stand being around him, again, to go real situations, we've all been in situations like that. You love someone, you care about them, whether it's a friend or a loved one. But you get to a point where I can't be around this fucking person if I'm going to keep this person at all in my life. If I'm going to keep this person in my life, I can't fucking see this person. Because if I if I do, I'm going to want to choke them out. <laughs> Or I'm going to hate myself for being attached to the bullshit that they do, which I think is more the case with her. So let me take a small break here. Let someone else do the talking. We got our good buddy. We got a couple of voicemails from him, but we got our good buddy back. What I love about doing this podcast and doing it for so many years on and off through ups and downs and huge audiences and small audiences and whatever, all the thing that I love most about doing this for so long is there's certain folk that I've been lucky enough that have that listened to all my bullshit, whether they know the show I'm talking about or not. Come on in and listen. There's people that pop in for certain shows or just watch us or for to hear Joe rip on The Walking Dead or hear us shit talk about other bad shows or hear us talk about Game of Thrones, specifically about Game of Thrones or Better Call Saul or Vikings or whatever. And uh, Big J has been somebody that consistently every year, he, he pops his head in occasionally through uh, some of the Game of Thrones stuff would pop in here and there. But every year comes back and checks us out on our Better Call Saul. And now it's been an even longer break with a longer break on Better Call Saul. Uh, and it's great to have Big J motherfucking back here. So let me let me lean back, relax, and let Big J take over the show for a bit here. And uh, great to ha great to have you back, my friend. Here we go. Big J's back. Better call Saul's back. And my buddy Phil and Dirty Joe back. You guys always been around. Great, great fucking two episodes, man. Best two fucking episodes in TV of all time, possibly. 
I also agree that uh, I loved both episodes, but last night's episode had had me a little bit even more like, oh, God, this fucking shit's back. But the way the two episodes work together were exceptionally awesome. Yo, the Outsider, and then I fucking fell asleep. That's another great show, The Outsider. Stephen King shit, I don't know if you guys are watching it. But, um, yeah, just to touch on, uh, last night's episode, that cab driver scene was fucking sick, bro. I love the fucking jean, black and white shit. Um, that cab driver, I know that actor, he's, he's always plays a bad guy, you know, I think his name's Don Harvey. I remember from Casualties of War when I was younger. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I was trying to place him, place the movie I want. Casualties of War, great movie with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. What's interesting about that movie, uh, is that you don't often, or I, you, most Michael J. Fox movies have him playing some sort of comedic role to a certain extent, but that's a very serious movie where he's he's doing some serious acting up against Sean Penn and some other people as well. So uh, th- thank you for finally helping me place where I probably recognize that actor. And he, you're right, you're right. I He's one of those guys that kind of generally plays a bad guy. And great to see a Bernie in the live motherfucking chat. Just finished the episode. And great to have live from Staten Island back says Bernie in the live chat too. For Big J, so let's continue with Big J's message, and I'm going to keep interrupting it, of course. Sean Penn, that was a great movie. He played a real sick scumbag. Guys always talk to me. There's a reason that he's the cab driver, and something bad is going to happen with that dude. But anyway, um, fucking great episode last night. Tonight was wasn't as good, but it was an awesome episode. Also, you know, um, it's all coming together now. He saw there's no turning back. And uh, if I got one criticism of the show, it's a little bit, I hate to say it because I love her, but fucking Kim's getting on my fucking nerves. Uh-huh. Know, one minute she's uh, down for anything, and then the next minute she's trying to play the fucking nun, you know? And, uh, you know, I had a girlfriend like that once, you know? She'd be knocking me for doing this, and, that, and then she wanted to do it with me, you know? I can relate to that. I like the way that I like the way it opened up tonight too with those two fucking morons. <laughs> Just because they got fifty percent off, they're willing to get fucking locked up. I don't know, guys. I think it was fucked up. They got locked up. <laughs> I just did stupid shit. You know, I wasn't one of them. Thank God. But uh, I know I know idiots like that. You know? <laughs> I've been in the car with idiots like that. And said, pull over the fucking car and let me out. I was once in a car with. Joe and our friend Nick and two other people that I won't say because that's kid Charlie and this kid Timmy and my friend Nick had just bought in a car and he was getting ready to drive it cross country from uh, from or drive it from Massachusetts to Oklahoma not half cross country and he decided to get a little drunk and drive around the car like a fucking idiot and and just kind of joyride in a parking lot and up and down the street, like in this, in this sort of abandoned area. It wasn't There wasn't a lot of people around or anything like that, but it was just like kind of like driving around like an asshole. And I'm like, stop the fucking car, stop the fucking car. Finally, he pulled over on the side of a street, but it might have even been my street. And we, lo- we pulled over the car. I'm like, thank God. I took the keys. And we look, and 
under the hood starts spouting out fire. Like, like not even kidding. It looks like little Mario fireballs, you know, that shoot out of uh, King Koopa there uh, as you're trying to run to, you know, my princess was in another castle. Like, it looked like little fireballs, like that shooting out of the car. And then we all were like, what, what is that? Is that fire? And then we all just ran out of the car and ran around. But it, I mean, we called the fire department. They came down and put it out. It, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was spouting out some fire. The car didn't blow up, but of course, you know, bunch of fucking stoners and fucked up kids that act like fucking shit fucks. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just uh, sprinted from that goddamn car like a bunch of of crazy bastards. So yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I wish Joe was here to corroborate the story, but. Yep, Joe was there as well. So yeah, there we go. Okay, let's let's finish Jay's message here. Just the montage, just the fucking the character, the acting. It's just fucking awesome to have the show back. I'm glad it's on again next year. So, all right, I'll listen to the rest of you guys uh, recap. Um, I'm just glad. And uh, oh, I'm not home. Uh, John Doe, by the way, Phil, I just say that in the uh, recap from last night. I watched it today. I don't, I don't do the, uh, I love the, I love the fucking, uh, the crew you got there, but I'm not into that. I'd rather just. No, to- totally, Jay. I-, I just thought, my mind when I start doing this stuff is goes to Jay being in the live on the fucking chat. We got one more message from Jay that I'll play in a little bit, but let's get through a little bit more of the recap. And, uh. And uh, it's great to have everyone joining us, and it and I appreciate everyone. But it's awesome to have Jay come back every year and pop his head. I, I love the people that come back for certain shows here and there because I don't get to see them as often as much as I love all the folks that I'm lucky enough to have them pop their heads in, no matter what the bullshit I am talking about. <laughs> Kids can't get away with this shit these days. We lived, motherfucker. I love Bernie the Burnt Blunt. So we, uh, so check checking out the house that Jimmy's living the dream. Uh, she's she's conflicted again, but she's trying to set it up there, and she starts to fall into it, fall into the dream, falling in that maybe it's possible, maybe we can get to this point. It's it's there's a chance because again she wants to love Jimmy, or she does love Jimmy, and she on some level she knows. Mm, she really wants to make this work, I believe. But, you know, so she, so they, they check out the amazing shower and she gets Jimmy all wet. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's great stuff. Wonderful bug. I am back. I am here. I'm going to be here every week for Better Call Saul. Finally, a show that is motivated me enough to get my shit together and change my schedule around a little bit to make sure that I'm here for almost every week of it, at least. And, uh, and yeah, and, and uh, hopefully we'll be back again one more time this week. As I mentioned earlier, if you're watching this much later, you can just check out the next podcast and see if it actually happened. But jo- Joe and I are planning on doing a podcast on Thursday afternoon, probably around 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get Joe back. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll be getting uh, a lot more podcasts and live streams out there as I start to try to get my shit together here and get my bearings after... I was on a break, then I came back briefly, and then I got involved in the th- in the theater thing, and then I was gone again, and now I'm so it's, so it's kind of a whirlwind that I'm uh, out of practice and out of my rhythm here. So I gotta 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 get back into it here. So 
I'm a, thank you for all of those that have stuck around, as I mentioned yesterday as well. Thank you to our patrons that have kept me going and kept me being able to do this on some level and, and at least keep, keep the wheels moving here. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Okay, so let's continue. So she's conflicted big time, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's a nice house. Maybe someday, maybe. Could this foreshadow the real future, or is Jimmy just living a dream? So back in, we see Hector full-on wheelchair, ringing the bell. Uh, he gets this berry shit drink, dumps it out, and they get half of it, and they give him some, uh, give him some booze. And it's I talked about this scene earlier. They're talking about what Gus is building. Uh, it's an it's an excuse to get Hector on screen, uh, the actor playing this character again, and he kills it. And it's awesome to have them on screen playing this. Excuse me, playing this role. And it helps us get to know Lalu better, see how he takes care of Hector and make sure he has the best stuff. And gets him drunk as well, too, and is protecting him. So, mm. it just gets to the point where they know that they can't do anything with Gus because he makes too much money for for the cartel. And, yep, that they're... I'm, and that's, again, the prequelitis of it, of this particular scene was was we we I knew all the anyone who's familiar with the Breaking Bad storyline knows all of this information so it's nothing new in this scene but it's still a still a well put together scene so we go off to Mike who's having a bad day and the phone's ringing off the hook and then he's just ignoring it you just hear all the beer cans around as the cell phone rings now too and it's Stacy his daughter-in-law who got him called to work in the last minute so can you watch the kid and she's and he's like how long you know, when, right now, and his mic's like, oh, I'll be right over. I'll be right over. I almost want to play it just because it's, it's, it's fun to listen to Mike talk. Okay. What are you? I don't know, bother, honey. What's up? I don't know what your work schedule is like these days. I'm still making my own hours. Well, I just got called in. Emily's busy and... No problem. Are you sure? <laughs> Those kids were up for Positive. three days. <laughs> I'll be happy to watch you. What time do you need me there? How about uh, now? How about now? How about go fuck yourself? <laughs> no, I know he's trying to he's trying to do a good thing here, and he is. But it's 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 I love that sort of sort of stuff. Uh, could could you help me out? Yeah, yeah, I can help you out. When? Uh, um, uh, now? Could you? That's how bad shit happens, right? Uh, people just rope you into doing shit when you shouldn't be doing shit, when, you, when you're in an antisocial mood. No one ever calls you and asks for your help when you're feeling productive, right? At least, at least that's my experience, the experience with me. Whenever I'm just in kind of like, yeah, you know, I can really deal with people and I'm really in like a fun hangout or getting shit done kind of mood. And I'm, do, and I'm trying to get stuff done, done around the house, but, but if someone asks me to do something, I'm, you know, I'm kind of really helpful. And I'm not saying that never happens. It happens a lot of the times. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good kind of moods. When it comes down to it, a lot of the times, but but when I'm in a grumpy mood, when I got a when, when I bit the inside of my mouth and something's sore and I don't want to talk, and I'm laying down on a pillow. When I've gotten to a fight with someone I care about, and uh, when my my camera's all unfocused. Come on, come on, what the what the fuck's going on? Thank you. When my when my camera keeps unfocusing. You know what I'm talking about. When we have days like that, <laughs> everyone has those days. When I have those kind of days, those are when I'm approached by somebody to say, hey, you want to be on this big thing here? You want to do this special thing? You want to perform here? You want to do this? You want 
can I can you help me move? Can you drive me to the airport? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you can you can you touch me with a wiffle ball bat? Whatever they want to do, it always ends up on those bad days. Granted, I've been having a bad day for six and a half months, but still, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. John does like I can't imagine me not in a good mood. It, it's 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 you know it's I'm still talkative. Well, you no when I'm in a bad mood, it's it's a big variation. Uh, I'm sure if we go back, I'm there is a podcast somewhere someplace where where you probably could see me in a bad mood. Uh, maybe not that's airs i probably have taken it off or something you know, i i know on i've i guest appearance on another channel once upon a time with a with a, with a very good dude and and one of his his uh his uh another channel that uh he's connected to and uh, i'm not gonna get it in it, it got heated on on there well i think that video has long since disappeared but there are people out there that saw that and it, it got pretty it got pretty crazy it got pre it got pretty intense you got to see the, the 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 really douchey side of me that can come out sometimes when i'm pissed off you know someone said he said he can't imagine me not in a good mood not that you're not a douchebag. No, fair enough. Phil, can you drive me to the airport? It's not the last second. Can I ask an event two hours ahead of time? Sure, Jay. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I can do it. I'll be to New York in a second. I'll get you to LaGuardia in uh, 20 minutes flat. <laughs> zippity do that. zippity yay. I gotcha. <laughs> What's going on, dude? <laughs> no, it's more because I because when I turn over here, it goes. But yes, sam sandwiches do do that. Do do I do I have to do, do the whole podcast with my Al Capone sunglasses on, so I don't feel self conscious? Hey, dude, should I be this dude now? Hey, where you just see you just see sunglasses in my face? <laughs> when I used to do my uh, the radio show on uh, on the college radio station, like when I first started doing any silliness like this, uh, this is this is generally how I would do the show, like physically, like this. I'd be, hi everybody, what's going on? Hi, this is Phil. Yeah, I'm doing the thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're over here. Yeah, my I'm Spaghetti Tuesdays here on the podcast. I'm not on the podcast on the radio show today. We're gonna play some music here. <laughs> That's generally like, like I'd be very I'd, I'd hunch over and have have a pair of sunglasses on and just rat into the microphone. What I meant was driving someone to the airport isn't a last second question. You should ask a person in advance. Yes. But I was I was also saying I would come and drive you to the airport. If need be. <laughs> okay. So let's listen to Pop Pop being a dick. Don't let her sweet talk you. Oh, not a chance of that. She's got to learn her times tables. She's on the sevens. Fucking. Sevens. Fucking times tables. There's lasagna in the oven, and I should be back for bedtime. It sounds good. Okay. Okay. Can it, if see you later. If Mike can't do this, can I do it? Because there's lasagna in the oven. Like what the fuck? You put lasagna in the oven. I'll I'll babysit your kid. I because I mean, who doesn't like lasagna? 
WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, that that was that was it. <laughs> oh wait, 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 volume up. I'm gonna play. I'm all over the place. Audio, what's wrong with you? Ugh. Oh, here we go. Ugh. We got. I, sevens are the worst. Oh, here we go. I, I thought I, I lost track of my audio clips, and I thought I had Mike yelling at Kaylee, and what I wanted to hear there. Seven times three. I don't know why I thought you lived in New York, uh, not D.C., but yeah, D.C. would be hard. Four touchdowns equals 28. Plus another one makes 35. Drop you off at, uh, is it? Kick ass. You don't talk like that. Who taught you to talk like that? You did, motherfucker. Uh, come on. Seven times eight. Uh, that's a lot of touchdowns. It's a lot of touchdowns. It's a big so, game. yes, he teaches her the timetables of the seventh through teaching her football logic, which which works. You know, whatever whatever works with the mathematical stuff. stuff. Where are we at? Fifty-five? So you think the kicker missed the extra point? Oh no, it's 56. <laughs> Seven times eight is 56. You got it. My dad liked the Eagles, right? Yeah, he sure did. You, that yup, sure he did was shut the fuck up about your dad. I don't want to talk about him. Was, was he good at math? Come on, come on, kid. Come on, kid. I know you're young, but read the room. Thank you. Yeah, he, uh, your daddy was a smart kid. A good student like you. Did he want to be a policeman when he was my age? When he was your age. You know, I think he went back and forth between an astronaut, deep sea explorer. And then my, Mike kind of is like, okay, I'll, I'll go with this a little bit. No? You don't know Jacques Cousteau. Mm-mm. Well, we'll fix that. So instead, my dad decided to be a policeman, like you. Yeah. He makes sure there's a nice... Again, hey, kid. Shut the fuck up, kid. Steven. <laughs> Don't poke the mic bear. And he was a really good policeman, right? Oh, it's it's not even close. Having driven... Having driven cross-country twice in a lot of different in a couple of different directions but uh, we could spell it out uh, one of these days I'll we'll, I'll go through it all the all the different trips but I kind of wish we've gone the trips when streaming was e as easy as it is now because and next time if we go on another one at some point I'll definitely stream through the whole trip but definitely driven a lot cross country through I've been in almost all of the the states the the continental united states i haven't been to hawaii or alaska have been have been to puerto rico have been to uh uh have been to canada and mexico but so so like most like a lot of north america all all in all all those fucking places 
Boston is definitely the worst driving. It's like not even close. Boston sucks to drive it. And the areas that are okay to drive in, the roads suck. It, it's just very small. There's some towns and some areas where there's just like tiny fucking roads. It's And it's packed like like ants on a piece of trash. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a tough little area to drive. I mean, maybe that's just my opinion, but, <laughs> but yes, it sucks. It makes, it's, it's horrible. It's tiny. It's gross. It's gross. Okay. So, uh, teaching moment, touchdowns, Mike. Yes. Yes. Shut up. And you taught him. But the bad guys got him. I told you to make those even. And I hear what Jay is saying there, what SM Down is saying, is she's a kid wanting to know about her father, how he feels is irrelevant. It is to a certain extent in the reality of the situation, but in the I'm sort of joking with this to to a point of of her reading the room. You're right about her. She's a kid, she's an innocent kid that's just asking questions and she wanted to know questions about her father. She has no clue realistically or should she how to read the fact that Mike is getting agitated here that her pup pup is is getting is already in a pissy mood so his his ability to kind of hold back his temper is already limited due to his lack of sleep drinking a lot the last couple of weeks dealing with the whole fallout for for quitting the gust situation and what happened with Varner there so all of that is built up, not to mention now she's pushing with with questions about his son, which is a very hardcore sticking point for him. It's understandable his explosion here, and she has no clue that she's doing it. But, you know, it's, it's fun to just say, you know. If this kid was if this kid was going to be a, the, the best poker player in the world, she'd be able to read the fucking room here, dude. You know, I'm, see, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, you're not. You're making a mess. You either do it right or you don't do it. But I want to do it. You're done. You are done. That's where that's where it gets line crossing. You're done. You're done, kid. It's a that's that's a he says it's so so dicky. I told you to make even. You're done. No, you're not. You're done. You're making a mess. You're done. You either do it right or you don't do it. But I want to do it. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> I got to save that sound cue for uh, when, I, when we take calls and someone's made their point or when uh, when, when, I, when I have a, a guest and I want to sh shut them up or something. Just go. What? I am. No, you're not. No, you're, you're making a mess. You're making a mess. You either do it right or you don't do it. Do it. But I want to do it. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that sound cue. And I need that. I need to cut that up. Make 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 a note. Make a note, Data. Yes, yes, Captain. Okay, good. Thank you, Data. Yeah, that kid that kid almost got whacked. He really did. She really did, I mean. She she, she was close. She was close to being put on the shit list. <laughs> Sounds like my grandpa says John Doe. Oh my goodness. Okay, so <laughs> it's a teaching moment. So uh and then my and then Mike's pissed. 
<laughs> Mike's best. You fucking best. Where's Kaylee? She's in a room. She's in a room. She won't come out. She's in she a didn't room. eat dinner. Why? What, what happened? Mike. It might be the new shut the fuck up, Joe, for the uh for 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 this for 2020. It might be the 2020 shut the fuck up, Joe. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let me continue here. Oh, that's a lot of fucking shit. Okay, so they go over to off to the douchenards from the opening. <clears throat> they get hooked up and they're they want to get a large amount of the drugs here and as we get set up from the last episode and i love the continuation from episode to episode we see the cool processy of which the salamanca crew do their drug dealing where you pay the person in front and they signal to the person in the house that drops them through the uh through through the pipe down into people's hands I often like to, and again, I wish Joe was here to talk about this with me. We had a similar house that we used to go to back in the in the early days, and in in a world in a in a world where marijuana in some states is as easy as walking into a store and buy it. This is my going. This is my. This is speaking of grandpa. <clears throat> back in my day, where it is. Let's let's play let's play some back in my day music. Do we do we have any old music? Classic rock? Yeah, that's right. That's kind of awesome. Oh, how about this? No, that's not old school. I need, well, I need like, I need some like old man music or something. Back in my day, to get some weed, we used to have to do some weird shit, like, like yell at people on the side of the road, like, you got any weed? Now you can go to a store. But, but anyways. So what we used to do is you'd have to like go. To, it was it was almost very. Huh, I can just talk normal. It was it's very similar. You would have to. Uh, there'd be someone that was like a two-family house, and you would give money to the person in the first floor, and then the window would open up from the second floor of the two-family house and drop it down into your hands. So and there were these like little uh, little dime bags in those. We used to call them Barbie quarter-pound bags. You know those like tiny little bags, and they just like drop it in your hand. So there we go. And uh, yeah, bye. So uh, here we go. Done. Done, my friend. Done. <laughs> so here we go. And uh, hey, good to see Lauren in there. Bernie, have an amazing evening. Always amazing to have you in live motherfucking chat. Great to have you back, and thank you, Lauren, for your help out there. Okay, so let me take a quick motherfucking break and uh, play play the second one of Big J's messages. Yeah, Phil, I had to call you back because what you were just talking about, I know uh, you're a little, the, the voicemail and the, uh, what you're saying is a little bit, you have a time thing, but... uh. You just hit on a fucking beautiful point, man, how this show just speaks the truth and how you can identify with, with it as the regular guy. Like, you were talking about how Kim was looking at Jimmy. Oh, man, I've, I've been into pretty long relationships, and it's always, yeah, it gets to that point where the girl looks at you like, or at least they look at Big J like, you fuck up. Like, they outgrow me. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's it's true. Like, and I was talking about that earlier. Everybody 
gets to that point where they where they get to that point where people just start looking at you and it's oh it's over and the relationship has just already ended and and you just can't you i don't know you just can't you can't you can't go on anymore you know it, it's 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 you've reached that conclusion point and it's just it's it's a sad thing to see uh and they just look at you like no matter what you do no matter what choice you make no matter what you say you are fucking up it's uh it's it's tough it's a tough situation so let's continue so let's continue with the rest of jay's messages here that's why i'm just chilling nice and single right now actually living with my daughter right now and my granddaughter big jay's got a granddaughter now so uh yeah, another thing I wanted to say was um, <laughs> this Lalo guy, man, he's making a fuck. I am great to see you, buddy. I love this guy. He's fucking crazy, bastard. He has no fear. Him and Gus, man, take care. Obviously, we know Gus is going to win that battle, but uh, fucking, uh, oh, one other thing, man. My daughter got me into watching Westworld. I tried to get into it a couple years ago when it came out. I just couldn't catch the fucking thing with the Cowboys and the robots, but she... She made me watch it, and I got through the first season, and I'm now fucking hooked on that show. And it's coming back next month. Nice. Hopefully you'll so, be... All right. That's all I wanted to say. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Big fucking Jay joining us, and thank you so much for jumping on there, and thank you for Lauren for handling things. And yes, Jonathan, ooga booga, my friend. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So it's great to have everyone here popping on in in the live chat and let's continue here at the end and I uh, see we got another message from Jay that I will play a little bit later. We got two J's. We got Big J and we got SMJ and yes, I know <laughs> I just I, SM. I know it has a lot of different meanings there, but, but let's continue. So so uh, where do we leave off? Yeah, Mike yells at Kaylee because he can't handle the situation. We're all back off to our deuce nards from the original, from the opening part of the episode. And I was mentioning uh, how uh, I dealt with a similar <laughs> drug situation, not down the uh, drain pipes, though. And this is a very funny scene where the drugs get <laughs> gets trapped. Thank you, Lauren. It was a it was a lot of fun and something I, I hope I get to do again soon in some context. It was uh, and I and I appreciate that. It's uh it it's it it was a whirlwind. I can't believe it's over already, but it was a lot of fun. And yes, this uh, this podcast could be subtitled "The Feast of Jays." <laughs> I'm probably knowing knowing new uh, new copyright law just because of that like audio clip. This video is gonna get flagged, so you might be the only ones to ever listen to this. You never can tell these days. Okay, so we go off to the Salamanca poker game after the drugs get caught, and we we see this is interesting, okay? Because they're playing this they're playing in this poker game, and Lalu bluffs Crazy Eight. So let's listen to some of this audio. Fairgrounds spots doing really good. Lots of traffic. 
Nacho tries to talk business while they're in a hand. It's like, don't talk fucking business while I'm in a hand. And he bluffs them. And then I, I hate these guys at poker games. You know, like if you're at a poker game, I don't care if it's your house or your game. If you win a hand like that, don't look at my fucking cards. Don't don't need don't need your fucking ass licked anymore. Mm -mm -mm. You don't need that shit. Don't look at the cards. It's rude. It's rude. So crazy eight, ironically or weirdly, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about cheesiness like this, but it is kind of cheesy that he has trip eights. Whoa, chat. Uh, good thing the camera wasn't on. My beer just gushered all over me. It spilled all over me. We've got a sp we've got a gusher. <laughs> we have a gusher. And then you fold at the river. But yes, Crazy Eight has the three and he folds on the river. It's it's weird. It's when you're playing poker against your boss, do you try to beat them? I do. <laughs> if you're sitting at the poker game, there's no bosses. You're playing fucking poker. You try to win. I used to work in a restaurant. And I don't know. I, I've told the owner of this restaurant about this podcast. There's a chance he could he could listen to this. And we used to play poker. Out back. <laughs> I've, I saw him take money out of the register after losing money in our poker game to me. And bring it out of the register and put more money into the poker game. And I, he wonders why that business went out of business. But whatever, I did it, and I beat his ass. You know, I'm not a spe expe especially a great poker player. I'm passable. He just was really, really bad. But I still, it was one of those poker games that you were, you dream your whole life to be in, and you hope it lasts a long time. But it didn't last a long time. It was, it was over a six month period of time while I was working there, where I made money, more money beating the boss in poker than I was making in tips as a waiter. And I purposely would take less tables. You know, you know when you're if anyone's ever worked as a waiter, there's a big argument about getting tables. You know, you have to saw Goodman your way to getting tables. You're like, uh, with the host, you're like, give me more tables. You know, try to balance as many as you can, get as many tips as you can, whatever. I'd be like, give me less tables, and then I'd go out back and play the boss in poker. He, he was just really bad, but he was really. He'd also buy scratch tickets all the time and shit too. He's, he was one of those addicted to gambling things, and and, I, and you know instead of helping him, I enabled him and his business. I don't know his business. We're not a business. It's not my fault. I'm not a bad person. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do it if my boss was loud. Good, excellent point, John Doe. This guy was a big, a big fuzz fuzzy friendly dude that just really liked the gamble so uh so yes crazy eight doesn't but crazy eight also gets a gets a message that something's wrong on the drug site as the dudes that seem some guys are saying that they got ripped off i, I kind of yada yada through through the last scene where 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 the guys kind of make a big stink about losing their money and not getting the drugs and they start banging on the uh on the pipe and they're like well you got your drugs but it's it's a whole big thing crazy eight gets called in on it ultimately and nacho tells him to go take care of it so the dude want the stuff and they're annoying about it so we're getting our shit yeah where's our glass uh, uh, we gonna 
kick your ass. Yo, give me the mic so I can rap about this pipe. Yo, my name is Mr. Sticky. I'm pretty freaky tricky. Go kick you in the dicky. What does that even mean? Because I'm Mr. Picky and I'm so tricky. Yeah, yeah, you're tricky. Oh, oh, So the cops come as they're trying to sneak out all that stuff. Is your vehicle? Uh, no, sir. Want to come down here? No problem, officer. What you doing up there? Uh, just fixing a drain pipe. Fixing a drain pipe. Some kind of block. So crazy eight get fixed it. <laughs> crazy eight gets fucked and right at the wrong time again in the very television kind of funny way, it gets tapped and the drugs fall out right in front of the cop and he thinks he fixed it. Perfect timing. Bam bam. You're fucked, crazy eight. You go you go into jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Oh shit, I lost. I closed my notes by accident. What the fuck is my problem? What kind of asshole am I? As I have to uh, waste some time here. See, this is me yada yadaing and wasting time. As I have to open up a new file that does the same thing. And... <laughs> I See, I can't chew gum and... See, I'm having real technical difficulties. And I wanted to do fun technical difficulties, but... Now I, I can't. So, so yes. So uh, I want to read what Jay said there. He said, if I were playing my boss, I would gauge their ego. If I thought they had a fragile one, I would lose. If he or she didn't care and wanted me to play my best, I would. I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. You need to gauge the situation individually. Crazy 8 is a pussy. No longer impressed that Walter killed him, said uh, John Doe. So, let me scroll over to here. There we go. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the dudes want their stuff. Let's play more of this. Play more of this, you fucking... What the fuck? Gotcha. You're going down. Okay, so I don't know what that. Okay, so Nacho... The, of course, the cops show up, and it's all fucked up. So Nacho and Lalo are watching, and... The situation as we come back in from our commercial break. He was stuck up there. Shit. Whole block's crawling. You got the stuff? You got it? No. I, I had to leave it. They were on my ass. Why? gone now. These assholes are going to turn the whole place upside down. How much is in there? Almost a full load. <laughs> yes, Lauren, I got very, very excited by beer splooged. <laughs> See? It's true. I'm a, I'm a beer... <laughs> <laughs> Again, why am I self-censoring there? Because <laughs> I, because I, I, I'm not formulating the thought, but I know there's a dirty, there's there's something dirty there involving uh, prematurely something. 
But yes, there's a lot. It seems like there's a lot of technical difficulties. Now I have to turn these off one by one. Oh my god. Oh no, oh no. These violent delights. But I wanted to touch on what uh, Jay was saying there as well. I hope Jay, you'll you will join us for mm, some Westworld season three stuff, which I'm excited for and interesting to see. Interested to see where it goes and is relevant to our discussion here in the sense because. Yes, if you don't know, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul fans and El Camino fans, Aaron Paul is theoretically, because you never can tell in that fucking show, he could die in the first fucking episode, uh, is seemingly a big part of the next season of Westworld. <laughs> Premature eradication. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good band name. So they're watching this whole situation. And they're in danger because there's drugs left in the house and they're fucked as the DEA uh, SWAT team with a very interesting looking short pudgy bald guy uh, in the mix. Maybe could be our could be our buddy Hank Schrader. Uh, maybe not, but it could just be a foreshadowing uh, DE, bald DEA agents in the future. But either way. They're up against it, and then we get a an action scene of Nacho turning into Batman here as uh, Lalu's calling him an idiot and calling him a, a fool as we see Nacho scale the roof of the next door house of the of the drug house, and he jumps over the roof, you know, does like you know roof to roof jumping over to the house next door, goes in, gets the drugs, evades the SWAT team. And makes it out back into the car in time, saving the drugs. No, I was I was talking about Big J. I'm not, I, I that was that was a reference to uh, Big J there, J. I'm gonna call you from from now on. I know your name is J J, but I'm gonna call you uh, S M for for uh, for Better Call Saul stuff to avoid confusion with Big J. <laughs> So I'll call, so I'm gonna call you S M Down, J. <laughs> well, you 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 know you, it's it's uh we're we're one J family here. So so Nacho's Batman. He escapes right the right time. Lalu respects him now. So we see Saul doing his warm up. We flash over after that whole situation to Saul doing his warm ups. <laughs> Suzanne, we have something in common. Bill. Bill. What? As we kick in to a Saul montage. You look great. We've got to talk, Bruno. Leader. Leader? Lost cause. And big to differ. He assaulted a minor. That oaf? You call him a minor? I call him a menace. Hey, my featherweight was simply defending himself against your raging bull. No sale. Leader's doing the full freight. Welcome back to the law, McGill. It's good, man. And you'll be back. Hannah Banana. Hi. Hey, what's the word on moving trip to Thursday? Mm, it works on the calendar. I just have to check with you. Yeah, consider him checked. Veronica. I love how when we get into solving saw, the music changes. It's much more into like a snappy, like we're. Long sleeves. Dun, 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 dun. Pull your hair back and lose the hardware. Her honor doth protest a chin pillar. But it's gonna close up. Into every life a little rain must fall. Meet me outside courtroom 103 at 215. Mitch, uh, what say you to move a trip to Thursday? You know, it's it's just, it, it 
creates this like happy feel, you know? It's Saul Goodman being Saul Goodman. Suddenly leader has witnesses? Poetry in motion. People step up from the sewer? Life's rich pageant, who are we to judge? Anyways, they saw what they saw. Your beefy, if youthful hooligan cold cocks my small potato. So what do you say? Uh, sentence suspended, six months probation, 70 hours community service. So then, Congratulations. You're back in the so then we get to Howard. He bumps into Howard. So, Saul Goodman? Yeah, that's me. Saul Goodman. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Howard basically just, excuse me. Oh, yeah. That technical difficulty was a nose rub. I don't know what the rub is with nose rubs, but there's, I've talked about this before. There's something inherently weird, gr gross looking. If I just go mm, like that, like it's you, you wonder how far the finger goes in there, especially on a live stream situation like this. So I feel like I need to put every time I need to scratch my nose, I have to go like this. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, wait, no, I, I'm not supposed to go like that. Uh, oh, 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 ah, I see. I'm, I'm not um, I'm too out of practice to do sight gags like that. So I should shut up now. Thank you, Benjamin. You're the fucking, you are the best motherfucker out there right now. You get my motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. Hug. You get the motherfucker hug. Thank you, Benjamin. That's awesome of you. That's awesome of you to say, my friend. Okay, so we have something in common. Okay, where are we? Oh, yeah, we go over here, this one. of 16 cases. You're busy. I'm busy. How about we do a lightning round? We'll settle these puppies. Twenty minutes. Don't you already have an? Now he asks this this other lawyer, this uh, district attorney or whoever she is, to just hammer things out. She says no. It becomes important later. <laughs> New stream: the fingering of nose scratches. I'd watch that. So we go to Lalu cooking and Nacho asks him if uh, what he should do. And we see in this scene that Lalu's starting to respect or give Nacho a little bit more freedom. He sh he's proven to him that he has balls with breaking in and getting the drugs. It, he was given the perfect opportunity to do what Gus tasked him to do. And he took advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. He's putting himself in danger, and it's scary for Nacho fans, but this was, it worked, and we've proceeded that storyline along to the point where, and again, that's what I like about episodes like this, that that are texture episodes that used to be called, in a sense, a filler episode or something that kind of fills storylines. I like when things actually happen and, and move along. And I, I'm not calling this episode a filler episode, but I'm just saying it, it was moving the storylines to the point where we're going to introduce whatever big drama comes in. But it still had some results as well. Again, that's what this show does that other shows that mail in episodes don't... Uh, don't do it makes sure that each episode has something has some importance some way of pushing something forward some way of topping off a story or introducing a new one each storyline is and again this term is overused but 
you're living in an organic world. Sometimes a pulpy world that can be over the top, but that's okay if the rules of the world are established and and work within it. So, okay, let's continue with this fucking shit, right? I'm starting to get a little too buzzed. <laughs> I'm starting to get buzzed and drunky because I've had two beers and I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking. anyways. Okay, so, yeah. Okay, so there's not much else to say about that scene. Lelou seems a little worried about Nacho. Like, I fucks him as he drinks his beer and as he asks him about Crazy 8 and if Crazy 8 will, how long has he known him? Does he think he can trust him as Crazy 8 is probably going to do some time here? Those of you who have seen Breaking Bad kind of know where this is going, but I don't want to talk too much about Crazy 8 in Breaking Bad right now because I do know that for the, for some people that have watched Breaking Bad and are big fans of the series and followed this all the way through, it's hard to imagine that there are people out there that are watching Better Call Saul and have not watched Breaking Bad, but it does exist. So, what happens to Crazy Eight, I kind of want to be vague about. Uh, but I think we do know there's a conversation he has with Walter that gives a little bit of uh, information about what is about to happen to him. If I remember correctly, it's been a little bit since I've seen Breaking Bad. Time to watch Breaking Bad again. <laughs> so, uh, so Lalu is eye fucking him a little bit too. <laughs> Two beers minus a half a beer spill. Very true. I. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I missed having you in a live on the fucking stream, buddy. Great to have you in there. Okay, so Saul gets himself trapped in the elevator with the right person. So. This this district attorney will not have a moment with uh with Saul to hammer things out and get through some of these cases quickly because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to do quick turnaround. And I kind of zip through it, but in that Saul montage, it all ends off with him talking to one attorney that just is like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to 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 quickly get clients in and out and make as much money as possible. I'm not gonna help you do that. Wait till fucking Tuesday, asshole. You know, like we have a meeting already set for Tuesday. Why are you trying to get this done on Friday? Shut the fuck up. We'll meet on Tuesday. And he's what? So she kind of calls him out on it. So the other district attorney, he gets himself trapped in the elevator to kind of get it all through. And we get this whole scene with the two of them, which is very fun, very well done. So yeah, see you tomorrow. All right. Okay, let's review. Your sister Nancy attacked your girlfriend, also named Nancy, with a curling iron. I'm gonna need a face-to-face -face so I know who I'm representing. Look, I'm in an elevator, now I'm gonna lose you. Hello? Okay. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Hey! Hello! Hi, this is ADA Erickson. We're in the south bank of the supposedly working elevator. elevator. Damn it! Please. Sorry, we're stuck between floors two and three. Yeah, how long? Thanks. And? They're sending someone. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> I, why did, I picked up the Borg initially just to say that Saul resistance is futile. That he gets you. If he wants to get you, he's going to get you. And he, he traps her here. And they work through all their cases. Hmm? 
dedicated citizen. With a voice to ring out. Name one. Hmm? I'm sorry? One of the cases. What, one of our cases? Well, let me think. Uh, Veronica Nix. Motor vehicle theft? With mitigating circumstances. Such as? It was her aunt's minivan. That's already baked in. It was parked in the driveway. The old lady was berating her, so. So what? So, you know, good luck finding a jury that's never been reamed out by a relative. One year probation. Sold. Just like that? Yep. And we see in this situation how Jimmy starts to do business as Saul Goodman. Just as quick as possible, as low pressure as possible, so to get people in and out as quickly as possible to maximize your profits. And people are, especially in this 50% off sort of situation, you just try to get them in and out as as swiftly as you can with as little work as you have to do. And that is work on it to itself, but it is his style and he has a plan and he's just trying to get through this to get the motor running and eventually try to get some high profile clients probably or high end clients that require a lot of time and money so he can pay more attention to them and then have the regular stuff that pays his bills and pays all of his regular day to day stuff be the in and out burger element of the lawyering. Yeah. I would thank him, too. He does a pretty good job. I mean, he'll push for the best deal, but he's pushing for it swiftly. He won't argue and push and push and push unless you're paying him extra to do that. <laughs> Say we look at uh, Jerome Sheehan. So full year supervised for Drew Kirkman. How about 18 months? 18 it is. So, I, I mean, we're getting towards the end of the episode, so I'm wanting to play more of all of this. It's it's fun. He's doing he's doing great business. It's a good day for Jimmy. Tanika Berman. Ah, um, four months jail. The vampire stunt that was negligent arson. Well, it was more of a prank gone wrong. The knife was real. Yeah, but it was used as a prop. Come on, used as a prop. A prop. Blood was fake. <laughs> the blood was fake. How is fake. that relevant? Petty misdemeanor. Plus fourth degree felony. <sighs> but you uh, dropped the property damage. Keep the weapons charge. Uh, 14 months jail. <laughs> 16. Mm, 16. Plus fines TVD. Plus fines TVD. Yeah, I just... It's good stuff right there. Good scene. Seeing again Saul Goodman for the first time Jimmy McGill is a different kind of lawyer than Saul Goodman and what we saw in the first half of the series it's he still uses that slipping Jimmy thing but the character that he creates as Saul Goodman is very different is a very different identity I guess that's what I'm saying in the different identity in the sense of his his legal identity and what he's doing as a lawyer it's it's quick in and out the there's a word, turnstile. That's the word I've been looking for all fucking evening. Turnstile attorneying. So, I don't, that's not necessarily a term, but that's the word I've been looking for in my head. So, he's doing more business, but someone, he's having a great day, and he's running around, he's eating an ice cream cone. 
It's a good day for him. I gotta jump. Saul Goodman, speedy justice. Oh, I forgot to mention. So he says, please do business with you. And the elevator gets off. I mean, they did three cases in five minutes. And they're going to meet on Tuesday to finish the rest of the business. Good day for Jimmy. So he's he's been a good chunk of his 45 cl new clients that he has. It's going in a good direction for Jimmy. He's feeling good. and But someone is following him. What's going on here? It's scary. Who could be after our hero Jimmy McGill? Saul Goodman. And number 33. I got to jump. Saul Goodman, speedy justice for you. Hey, have I got good Who's following him as I he eat his, eats his ice cream cone? Long time no see. It's Nacho. Get in. Get in the motherfucking car. I. Uh, nope, I can't do it. Your timing isn't perfect. I'm. I'm a little swamped right now. We're just going for a ride. Or uh, opens the door you're getting in the fucking car and I point to when Jesse and Walt brought Saul out to the desert he said did Ignacio bring you here it, Ignacio's lying or something like that so he fears in some level Nacho so he's in a tough position here I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know if he legally changed his name or just changed his business name to Saul Goodman. Uh, or, But when he signed something, he signed it as Jimmy Saul Goodman McGill for whatever that's worth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good scratch. <laughs> so he gets a Nacho's car. They draw, the ice cream drops to parallel, as John Doe was saying earlier. I believe it was John Doe that said that. Good morning, Forrest. Great to see you. Great to see you in the live. Motherfucking chat. And uh, we're at the end of our episode here. He gets in the car, drops the ice cream to counteract them to parallel the gnome earlier in the episode. And sad ice cream. And we, we focus on the ice cream, which, which is perfect. Like, lands perfectly on the ice cream top. And it's looking like a wizard with wizard's hat, like in friendlies. Uh, what they serve in the kids' meal. They, they turn it into like a little wizard. Uh, and he gets Nacho's car and he drives off. What does Nacho want with our Saul Goodman? What could we? Where could we go next week? I didn't see scenes from next week. I ran down here and did the podcast quicker, quicker, so I didn't get a chance to watch that. But I'm excited. Better Call Saul's back. Two-night premiere was really fun. I agree with what Big J was saying earlier. I did enjoy last night's episode a bit more, but tonight's episode was awesome as well. And I think both episodes worked extremely well together, whether they were a back-to-back two-hour premiere or having it be two nights back-to-back. -back. I think these two episodes were an excellent way of starting this season just to show that the, that the show is... Not that people... Not that it was in doubt, but when a show is gone for so long... You almost or I tend to forget what it feels like to watch it and certain shows in this back half of this television era that we're in that, you know, some some could argue started with The Sopranos leading us to this point. Some of my favorite shows have taken extended breaks, certain 
during certain stretches, whether it be, you know, Game of Thrones, The Sopranos even did that at one point. It didn't look like there would be a final season of The Sopranos. Uh, a lot of people that forget that, but at one point it didn't look like we'd ever get and the series wouldn't a proper ending, even though some would argue we never got a proper ending. But at, at a certain point, it looked like the series would not come back. Uh, so it it's just it's interesting right now i will see you next week john doe hello forrest Bo- hello forrest forrest gump and you're not forrest gump but every time i see the name forrest it makes me want to say that it's really a fucked up thing uh, but yes i i just feel that uh, what was i fucking saying I was saying some shit. I was saying some shit. I was making the point. But the alcohol got me there. <laughs> and I lost my point. Oh, that sh- yeah, that shows will take a long time. That a lot of my favorite shows take big chunks. And it looks like sometimes you might not get other seasons and they come back. This is a big, long break for Better Call Saul. So getting back into that mood, getting back into that mindset, getting you back into the feel of what this show feels like. Watching it. In binge watching it and binge watching it on Netflix and all that kind of stuff, it feels different to me watching a show like that than watching a show week to week. When getting it week to week, feeling what it feels like at the end of an episode to want more and have to wait, it's it's a different kind of way of feeling watching it, and it's something that you, I don't get a lot with a lot of shows because I binge watch most of my television programs right now there's very precious few shows that i will watch week to week better call saul is one of them so getting back into it with a two-night premiere i like that i like how amc is trying to push this show and i made fun or was joking earlier about a lot of articles coming out about better call saul's back and it's great show the best show that's underreported not as popular as it should be amazing show people sleeping on their show you know all that sort of stuff that's obviously AMC PR stuff and them paling some of these blogging entities to put out these articles about, about how Better Call Saul is an underrated masterpiece. It is, but there's a lot of those articles coming out and AMC is the type of company that does that kind of stuff for promotion, especially leading into next year being the final season and hoping that it can have the kind of commercial and crossover appeal that Breaking Bad did in its final season. But it's not that kind of program, but we're going to get to see the show end end in its way, in its fashion, because of the successes of Breaking Bad. AMC is giving Vince and his team and Peter and and Peter and the whole group basically a blank check to finish this series any way that they want. Seeing the end of Game of Thrones, I kind of wish I. I kind of wish, almost wish that show hadn't come back. The end was disappointed. <laughs> Lauren's like, I need some coffee. I woke up about four. I know. What time is it for you, Lauren, right now? Uh, as I'm starting to wrap things up here, I think I have one more voicemail from Jay. I'm not sure what this says. Here we go. Let's play this. Two things. Uh, one, do you think that maybe him. Blowing up at the girl will maybe help the situation out in the future because 
he won't be asked to babysit anymore <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> and he'll just not really have to deal with that anymore. And two, don't you think... <laughs> uh, number one, I, I think Mike's going to have to... I'll go with your joke. Yes, he's finally going to have to be off the hook for having to deal with those last-minute calls about, hey, can you babysit in 20 minutes? <laughs> can you help me move uh, five minutes from now? Can you drive me to the airport <laughs> now without any warning? Yep, that's the ticket. Oh, shit. Here we go. Let's see. And two... Don't you think it's about time you retired Peter Baelish's voice from this from this voicemail? He died on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones is no longer on the air. Like, you know, like, don't you think it's, like, time for you to, like, you know, leave someone else's, like, have someone... Ve very fair, Jay. And the reason why I keep that on is because it's a pain in the ass to re-record those voicemails. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get David, the walking David to record that. But let me talk to David next time. I know he's been busy lately, but when next time I talk to David, I will have him record me a new voicemail greeting, uh, with somebody else in the future. And it's 6:20 AM where Lauren is amazing. I, and I know it's not amazing. People are like amazing. Yes, it's amazing that there's the times are different in different places. But time zones and that weird thing, like when you're talking to somebody and and it's like, oh, hey, it's you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, 721 for a forest. It's 620 for Lauren. It's uh, it must be 420 somewhere for somebody. I always think that's really cool. You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting that perspective of the complete different feel of their your particular universe because of the time because it just feels you know the world feels so different when you're uh it's it's lauren is just starting her day for me it's 121 in the morning and fortunately i'm taking tuesdays off of work for most of better call Saul season uh but so i don't have to work in the morning tomorrow like yesterday so i can kind of be a little bit more relaxed at the end here and not quite rush off but ultimately uh, I'm starting to get a little tired. You know, it's it's my bedtime, but you know, Lauren starting her day and have her morning coffee. Time zones are fun. I love it. It's it's just one of those like obvious things that still I find such amusement and like oh my god, it's so different because you're like we were like talking right now and it's like a different time and shit. You know, it's, it's so stupid and so uh, simpletony, but I love it. It makes me happy. Okay, so uh, he gets in the car. What could Nacho want with Saul Goodman here? I mean, it's obvious what he wants with him. He wants him to help out Crazy 8 in this case, which again starts to get Saul closer to Walt and Jesse. Because we know that Jesse's buddy... Saul got him off a lot and he knows crazy eight and he knows that this was the attorney that Jesse will find out that this is the attorney that crazy eight went to. So he'll have his buddy go to. Uh, so I think this is all more ways of getting Saul closer to that world, to getting into an environment where he was ready to set up to meet Walter. And no, I don't necessarily think the series definitely ends with that meeting with Walter, but I do think a lot of, Jimmy's journey here as he becomes Saul Goodman through the Nacho storyline leads him to 
making himself aware to Jesse, which allows him to become aware to Walter, which creates his ultimate demise. Uh, I mean, it's important and it has to be important in my mind to the Better Call Saul storyline, having the Gene storyline mixed in here. Because of having that here and seeing the outcome of the Breaking Bad thing, and even last season when we saw that Breaking Bad scene essentially in the show where he was uh, emptying out all of his money to set up more Gene stuff later, uh, that money isn't really an object for him. But it's 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 just tough. It's tough to see where this ultimately ends up. I don't know. I, I'm very I'm very excited for this show to be back. I'm very excited to see where it goes. I'm a time lord. I am in the future. <laughs> My future. I'm in the next day. Yes. So, oh my God, I'm getting all blurry again. That's a visual representation of how I feel right now. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in tonight or this morning or whenever you're listening to this. It's been so much fun to be out here these last two nights. And hopefully I'll be back one more time this week. I'm going to say most likely, because you never can tell, I will be out here on Thursday afternoon with Joe for a quick stream talking about the new Picard episode generally, but also talking about a little bit about Joe's thoughts on this episode of Better Call Saul and the episode of The Walking Dead. And also, I know he wants to talk a little bit more about the uh, the Jason Segal show coming on March something or other uh, that he's very excited for. So, yes, everybody. Thank you so much for checking this out. Much appreciated to both our Jays, to Lauren, to Iron Thread, to Forrest, to John Doe, to any other of our friends that popped on in here. Booga motherfucking booga. If you haven't already enjoyed this video, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe button, share the channel with a friend. It's going to be a fun year. Talking about a lot of great shows. I was mentioning this earlier. And Joe mentioned this in the message, but we have a lot of, we have a fun stretch coming up here with Better Call Saul starting now. We also got the Ozarks coming back at the end of, ow, March. Westworld coming back March 15th. I feel like I'm missing some other stuff that's also popping up soon. We got Picard going on right now. Cobra Kai in April, I believe. It's going to be a fun little stretch for television here for me and for Joe. So we're going to have fun talking about it. And yes, The Walking Dead is here. I got to catch up on Vikings as well, which I will. I know some people really want to hear my thoughts on this half season of Vikings. I feel bad. This is the first season of Vikings I haven't talked about in a while. So I do want to catch up on that. Again, obviously, The Walking Dead, some movie stuff, some other music stuff, some silly stuff, some love for the live motherfucking chat. You guys are amazing. Good night, good day. I'm going to have a fun day off tomorrow and then doing some music jammy stuff. Also want to do some live rock and roll. Playing some live music for you guys coming up soon too. Got to really, uh, wait, wait, press, press, hit that one more time. There we go. I know how to say goodbye like 57,000 times. As I mentioned before, I'll be in Las Vegas in March. Join me for a drink if you happen to be out there as well. March 10th through March 13th. 
have a drink with me. I'm fun. Bye, Jay. Thank you so much. Jay, you're really helping a motherfucker out, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> love Jay. Love Lauren. Love Forrest. Lauren, huge hugs. Ian, thank you for all the support and all the love. Thank you. I'm stalling. I don't have to go to sleep. It's time for an after show, motherfucking after show. It's time for an after show and after motherfucking show. Okay, everybody. Okay, everyone. This Better Call Saul stream is over. It's over. But do you know what's not over? Dun 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 Captain Picard. Okay, I'm still really enjoying the two episodes of Picard. Am I really going to do this now? No, I should save this for the Joe stream. Everyone.